This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash weekendconfirmed. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Weekend confirmed. Ignition. Liftoff. Liftoff. Already giggling is Andrea Renee. <laughs> awesome. Welcome, everybody. Weekend confirmed in full effect. My and happy name. birthday to you, Garnet. Oh, yes, yes. Happy birthday. Thanks, everybody. Yes. And thanks so much to everybody out there who's been tweeting me uh, many, many well wishes. You're super nice, everyone. I much appreciate it. Yeah. Happy birthday. We got we had some cake already. We have mm-hmm. cake. We had a, a, a couple of beers. We've oh, got oh. Uh, M&Ms. And, and I actually wrote a little birthday ditty for you. Oh, a ditty. Here it goes. Ready? This is your birthday song. It isn't very long. (laughs) (laughs) He's been been waiting to bust that out for a long time. (laughs) Hopefully, he'll hold it again until you know it's people have forgotten about it. They'll come back like surprise. You can sing it multiple times. Is that your way of telling us that you got a job at TGI Fridays? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I don't know. So we have the Jeffs here, by the way, as well. Jeff Kanata, yes. my trusty side, not, well, I was going to say psychic, but you're not psychic. You are co-host. I'm the Robin no, here, Batman. You are, no, no, we're co-Batmans. All right. Co-Batmans. That's too many Batmans. You are uh, Michael Keaton, and I am... Hmm. Uh, Just not Val Kilmer. Pick anyone. <laughs> I was trying. Yes. <laughs> You're Ben Affleck. <laughs> oh. Yes. Bom, 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 bom. I think it's going to be good with Ben Affleck. By the way, how, how do people vacillate so wildly on Ben Affleck. One minute he's like, oh my god, Argo is amazing. It's so good. And then he's Batman. It's like, I fucking hate Ben Affleck. Yeah. Ben Affleck is great. I think he's going to do great. Very I'm galvanizing. really excited to see him as Batman. Well, he, he is a fantastic director. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and on that side, he's been doing really good work. But yeah, we'll and, a, see. and an excellent actor. I mean, he yeah, he is. Also he, in Argo. Yeah. Well, and true. And true. did a great job. The town. Yeah. The town. I yeah. love yeah. the town. Did any of you guys see... Um, Oh crap! What was that one? Com- Company Men, the one about uh, he gets laid off. Mm-mm. He didn't direct it. Fantastic, yeah, fantastic. He gets laid off from like a corporate it's, job or a yeah, white collar, blue collar, white collar, high level job. It's it's really about sort of what's happening now with the eco- the economy. Mm. And he and a bunch of guys get laid off from a high um, high paying corporate job, and he has to reassess his whole life because he you know he has to go back and sort of answer phones as a. And it, it's fantastic. It's great. Wow. Very I'm, good movie. I'm just looking forward provoking. to Batman yeah. with a Southie accent. That'll be really awesome. <laughs> That's cool. And before we, since we're doing movie stuff, by the way, if you have not seen uh, myself or Jeff Mattis tweeting about it, Dread from oh. last year is yeah. now on both free streaming services, Netflix and Amazon. It's really fun. Yeah, totally I mean, worth it's your like, time. Yeah, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not like epic. I'm glad I saw it in a theater classic. But it, do, it's it really, does, it does it's really a, fun Dread. It does have a few moments where you're like, okay, this was obviously the moment where I really wanted my 3D glasses on. Yeah, but, yeah, but that's down, but that's falling sad. off the falling oh, yeah, slow motion yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. but it's the slow motion stuff's pretty hilarious. Yeah. All right, we have a video game show to do. We have shit tons of stuff to get through today, so we are going yeah. to rock right into it. We have uh, we're going to lead off with the conversation about the Xbox One. We've got to uh, get into some pack stuff because our our girl in the field, Andrea Renee, was there in Seattle. Yes, sir. She was ready to cover everything. She has all kinds of... Her notes are longer than we're... We're not getting to all of that. Of realize. course we're not going to get to all of it. So you see what I saw. You pick a couple things and I will chat about it. 
You're supposed to. You're no. You're. You see. Okay, you I'll pick. pick you're supposed to use your editorial acumen. Okay, to, I will pick. Yeah, I will choose. Uh, Jeff Kanata's played something other than World of Warcraft. I played a lot of World of Warcraft, but you honest. played Brothers and finished it. Finished and Brothers. I cannot wait to talk to We're you about, about that, that because you know I loved that, and now we can have a conversation. Kill Zone on the Vita. And Jeff, I don't have yours in front of me. What have you been playing? I have been playing uh, Outlast. Ooh, which uh, should come. It should have a special edition that comes with an extra pair of underwear. But Ooh. that's that racing <laughs> that's... game that Sega did with the uh, yeah. Corvette, yeah. and you're on the beach. You no, know, oh. that's yeah. Sorry. All right, so everybody. We now know Xbox One, one week after PlayStation 4, November the 22nd, doom and gloom over, they're coming in second. I was surprised the, the, yeah, the date comes out and all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, they're a week after PS4, that's it. How is that I don't it? think that's it. I think it's it's surprising because they had the... Uh they had the the tactical advantage of knowing the opponent's strategy sure. and being able to, you know, but a lot of these things, a, a lot of outside things come into play when, when you're talking about a release date of a major electronics device. And, you know, it's not like they can just pick any old date on the calendar and decide to release the console then. Sure, I'm sure yeah. it has a lot to do with supply and, and shipping and all these things. Yep. So who knows why that date, but it is, I found it to be strange knowing Okay, date set in stone. Strange set aside. How much do you really think a week? I think a week, a week difference matters and a hundred dollars more expensive. So a hundred dollars, I will. I would buy. Let's. But please, I want to hold it. We can come back to that because I, I think, think it's hard right. to decouple those two things. I think they really? just go hand in hand. I don't. Okay. I don't think so at all. I think the week is not going to make a difference whatsoever because I still think that the majority of people that are going to buy their consoles, as far as mass market goes, are going to buy it on Black Friday anyway. Unless you already have it pre-ordered. Well, it depends because on how many are on, available on yeah, Black Friday. Yeah, based based on um, everything that we've heard from major retailers like Amazon and Best Buy so far, is that a lot of their day one editions are sold out, and if you want to get even Microsoft did console. say, however, if you've been sitting on the fence, Microsoft did say that there are still some, air quotes, some Xbox One <laughs> Day One editions actually, out there available for pre-order. I actually pre-order. just pre-ordered uh, a Day One edition from the Microsoft Store. Okay. So if you guys are still looking to pre-order a Day One edition, you can get one in the Microsoft Store right now. Um, but you can also get, there's, there's a lot of bundles that are available with the yes, Day One edition, are. including Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed, Forza. I mean, there's there's a bunch of Day One edition bundles that include like a you big game not, and an extra controller. You should not have to buy a bundle. However, if you're in the market for one of these consoles, it stands to reason you're probably going to want a game to put in it anyway. So I wouldn't be, no. I, mean, I know it's it's like, it's sort of, <laughs> it's got downloadable games. It's sort of, it. it sort of gets your, uh, you know, your hackles up, you get up, you're like, ah, oh, you cannot force me into buying a bundle and then, but you're going to buy some of that stuff anyway. So well, I remember. I remember buying a bundle for the original Xbox. Well, sometimes the build bundles were shitty. Terrible, terrible. Sometimes bundle. they were shitty. Right. Well, I, I, and I'm I glad you brought up original Xbox. I can tell you this because back when I worked, this is dirty under secrets of Electronics Boutique. Back in that era, like when PlayStation came out, those bundles were mean. And the, and the, yeah. and the reason they were bad is that the margin on the hardware was so freaking low. It was like less than 5%. It was like 4 and 3% on the hardware. So what they would do is they would bundle in a third-party memory card, right? right? Because it's like, that's the only place they could actually make 35 or 40%. Mm. And then they were like a game or two, because if they could get a game or two and a memory card and the console, then finally they might actually like wind up almost okay. So it's kind of a weird situation because it was a mean thing to put on the consumer's plate, but at the same time, it was a survival tactic. It's kind yeah. of weird. Weird catch-22. And you always felt bad. You felt bad selling them. I mean, you were like, oh, God, why? I don't want to tell these I people. I remember that looking it. at the original Xbox launch lineup and going, okay, I definitely want Call of Duty 2. Um, I'll take Perfect Dark. And, oh, no, that's 360. I'm thinking 360. Yeah. No, it was, uh, what it was, it was Halo. 
Azuric. You're like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna and get Azuric. Oh yeah. At, what was that? Oh, that Kaku Kojin. Do you remember that racing game where without cars that was just running characters? It was like uh, it was cell shaded. Yes. Yes. What was that called? Uh, I got that. It was the called, animals it was called Unforgettable. Pen and Trisalon. <laughs> was that what is it called? What was, that doesn't sound right. But it was terrible. Oh, there was another one. No, Pen Pen was something else. This was we'll look it up. It was cell shaded. It was like little. It was like animated animal characters that were running instead of driving anything. Anyway, yeah. But so I was you forced to buy, buy that. They made countless sequels. So regardless yeah. of all this, here's my here's my thinking on the week thing, and I want because I want to come back to this week because I was really really surprised by what an issue people made out of the out of the one week difference because I feel like in the case of these launch consoles. The vast, vast majority of them are going to be pre-orders. The pre-orders are going to be from people who had decided which console they wanted already. And the big, the big division here is the hundred dollars if you're an early adopter. Because if you but, are, if you're thinking multi-platform, the the whether it comes out this week or next is not that big a deal. Whether it's a hundred dollars difference though is a big deal. Because I'd say if you were going, if you were going, if you're buying this box mainly for you know like Watch Dogs and Assassin's Creed Four and maybe FIFA, then you look at it and you say, okay. It doesn't really matter which one comes out a week earlier if one of them is a hundred bucks less. No, I yeah. think that's by far the more, more the bigger differentiator. However, I would disagree with you on the week thing in in the sense that you're correct. It's not really going to change sale numbers one week or another week because everybody's pre-ordered anyway. Yeah. What I think it really changes is mind share. I'm and maybe I'm buying into this a little more than it deserves to, but I do believe that. When the mainstream media starts covering the big electronic releases of the season, yeah, I remember your argument that the, one of them, the start, first one, gets the punch. Yeah, it, it commands the the story, and then the second one's like, oh yeah, by the way, this one also came out. You know, or they'll say they're, they're covering it that week when the people are standing in line to get their PS4s. Well, let me ask you another question though: with them that close to Black Friday, do you think there's a chance that national media just says, you know what, what we'll do is we'll cover this as a major story on Black Friday, and we'll say both of them are out, and we'll just talk about both of them as a big thing for Christmas purchase? Possibly. I, but I, think th- that, I don't know if I agree with you, Jeff. I think that Microsoft is doing a really excellent job of marketing their product here in the U.S. better than Sony is. Really? And, yeah. I mean, I, I see more marketing from Microsoft than I do from Sony. It doesn't mean that their numbers are stronger. Okay. It's just more visible to me in where I see advertising and perhaps that's like just Google doing its job because it knows that I do a lot of gaming stuff online. Um, and well, you did buy the, it from Xbox.com or whatever you said, the actual oh, right. Microsoft, Microsoft store. So if you had bought it from the Microsoft <laughs> store, then obviously the tracking cookies are going are gonna to attach that to you and fill your but that was just that. that was just like two days ago. I mean, oh, okay. I've been seeing this for the last like couple of months. Um, I, I don't think that Sony's PS4 coming out a week before is going to give it that much more of an advantage. And I, I'm sort of of that. I mean, the $100 is a huge deal, and that's going to be a differentiator yeah, for people. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you're one or the other sort of thing, but... But honestly, I don't know anyone who... I mean, it's basically... Mad a, Dash! Mad Dash. That's what it was. Mad Dash was that game. Thanks for looking that up, man. Yeah, no so problem. now will you look up Pen Pen? Because I can't remember. Maybe Pen Pen was Dreamcast. Well, that's not on the launch list for... I think it might have actually been Dreamcast. But have you guys been seeing anything? Like anybody talking about, oh my gosh, now it's a week later and that's made my decision for me. You know, I have to be no. in next no. gen a week early. No, I haven't. It no. was on the Dreamcast. It, but I mean, I, I agree with the mindshare thing. You know, the more the buzz is and the first console's out and people start talking about it immediately. But I don't know that that week of extra time is going to be enough to generate significant traction above and beyond what they already have with I mean, the pre-order advantage. Right. It may know? well come down to, honestly, it may well come down to more of a logistics situation right. of who wins the first three months of this console cycle because 
the the team that can put the most consoles on the shelves this fall will probably be the one who walks away with the prize. And if that's Microsoft or if that's Sony, I think that's going to be more of a deciding factor than who came out a week ahead. And and maybe even more, maybe even more than a hundred dollar because they, these are both big ticket items. I mean, these aren't these aren't something you sneeze at. I mean, you're all, you're spending a good chunk of change. Yeah. And so if you're making that decision, you know, and you're buying one. You're probably putting a lot of weight into making that decision. For me, the bigger yeah. disappointment this year or this uh, week for uh, what I was reading about Xbox One had to do with the articles I was reading about the, that Manhattan um, demonstration of the pass-through stuff that they did. Yes. And how sort of flimsily it's been implemented, implemented up to this point, which mm-hmm. it seems like there's a lot of potential, but day one out of the box plugging my hdmi into my xbox one ain't gonna really get me much I, you know i don't want to be like i told you so guy but at the same time I, mean, I was pretty skeptical of that stuff and i was especially skeptical of how hard they were leaning on it because you know it's one of those things you promise me a lot in that space but it's a very competitive space there's a lot of political partners sitting at the table there's a lot of politics to negotiate a lot and of corporate politics to negotiate. i mean look we just sat through three weeks of time warner cable and cbs not being able to work something out between the two of them that's yeah. how ridiculous is yeah. the broadcast television space well it's changing ridiculous. and nobody knows what to do but uh it clearly has room to grow it clearly there what it is now on the Xbox One is not what it's going to be forever no. through the lifetime of that console. But it's disappointing that day one when you plug it in, it's not really going to deliver that fun fantasy football experience that right. I th- I was excited about. I was excited about it too. But here's the thing is, and I guess this is why this was like fool me twice, because I hearken back to CES. And I want to guess this was maybe like 2006 or seven. When at the Microsoft Pavilion, they were showing us behind closed doors their plans for IPTV right. via via the Xbox, and I was like, "Holy!" And it was basically what they're showing now. But they've, I mean, they've obviously had this on their on deck circle for a long time and haven't been able to pull together the consensus support to make it work. And that's, I mean, they still got that struggle to solve. And now they're pushing harder. And I think their their philosophy now is: Look, we've been successful with 360. We've been successful with video on this platform. If we push out there a piece of hardware that really enables this ultimately we can sort of strong arm the players to the table we'll see what happens and just to be clear about what we're talking about if if nobody read up on on those reports it seems to be the case that at least at this point what you're looking at is a basically an app that runs on the xbox one alongside what your programming is so that you can it'll pull from the internet stats if you're watching football for example but if you change to a different game it's not going to know that it basically is dumb to the idea of what the signal from your HDMI in is giving it. It's not pulling any relevant facts to what you're actually watching. It's just trying to give you facts based on what the app, what you told the app yeah. you wanted. And they may be able so, to eventually time match that with where yeah. you are and what's on. But yeah, I hope so. I think that, that's the compelling part. All right, we're going to take a, a little break. When we come back, we can uh, wrap up this Xbox One conversation, and then Andrea can tell us some about what she played on the Xbox One while she was at PAX. Stick around. We can confirmed. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For our listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service for 30 days. One audiobook to consider is The Way of Kings, book one of the Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson. Widely acclaimed for his work completing Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time saga, Brandon Sanderson now begins his own grand cycle, one every bit as ambitious and immersive. 
Roshar is a world of stone and storms, uncanny tempests of incredible power sweep across the rocky terrain so frequently that they have shaped ecology and civilization alike. Animals hide in shells, trees pull in their branches, and grass retracts into the soilless ground. Cities are built only where the topography offers shelter. That's The Way of Kings, book one of the Stormlight Archive, available on audible.com and a favorite of Jeff Kanata's. Go over to audiblepodcast.com slash weekendconfirmed. That's audiblepodcast.com slash weekendconfirmed. Hey, everybody, a big thank you also to those of you who have tweeted about uh, taking advantage of the Audible offer. They are a sponsor, and when you go over and use that, it does uh, help us out a little bit here on and the that show. Is, it is one of my favorite books. Yeah, I, I know. Really, I really, really I, liked it. So it's, a, when, it's a book that I talked about, I think, on a finishing move on this show. Uh, yes, as did. being It reminded me of uh, an MMO, and I was like, if I could design an MMO, I would use that book as my... Really? Model. Yeah. It's have you awesome. been, by the way, have you been hitting up the uh, Elder Scrolls online folks for a beta key? Uh, I'm sure you're anxious. I'm weird about betas uh, for MMOs okay. because I don't. I don't like putting in a bunch of time and energy on stuff that's going to get wiped, and right. I and I don't like forming my opinion on stuff that's going to change. And those those games change more than any other games from betas to release. I fair find. enough. Fair yeah. enough. Game changer. But I really can't wait to play that game. Wrapping up the uh, Xbox One. Do you? What do you think of the uh, next in the announcements of speed increases? Cool. It has an extra 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 hertz. Better. More hertz. More hertz. Never hurts. I mean, <laughs> I don't Faster, really better. quite. I mean, in I am admittedly. Uh, not super tech savvy. So maybe you yes. can explain to me exactly how, what that means. Like how much faster is that? Because on paper, it's like... 0.742 right. faster. Gigawatts. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that much faster. Uh, well, actually... Any going, faster is better, right? Yeah, yes. of course. Not like, eh, who cares? Any fast, any faster is better. It's it's really just a case of when they're making chips, you know, all, all chips of a certain class are coming off the same fabrication line and their bend is the current term terminology based off of how hot they run at what frequency and there's a threshold at which they say okay the operational threshold for this chip is you know 30 degrees celsius at you know x load and and okay this one's running at this at this speed this one's running at this speed and what they've determined is with the cooling systems they have they can crank up an extra 150 uh gigahertz out of this, out of this, or extra 150 megahertz out of this chip. Okay, overclocking kids. Do you yeah. think well, there's basically is... running a faster clock? How much? Yeah. So, how many, what we really want to know is how much benefit do we want to get out of it? Mm. I don't like some. We'll never know because here's the thing: it being a console and a fixed platform, we don't know what it would have been at 1.6. So we can't really say what the incremental group increase is going to be at 1.75. Yeah. But we can say that the machine being a little bit more powerful on paper can only be a good thing. Right. right. It can unless, only be a good thing. Unless it, that extra power leads to overheating, which leads to red ring. I would suspect that Microsoft has been triply <laughs> thorough <laughs> yeah, on yeah. ensuring. That lesson may have been learned. Yeah, I, yeah I'm pretty sure that there are. I, I There's I not even actually, any rings on the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's I how would, much they didn't want it. It's, I would it's actually a guess. Box now. <laughs> you got to connect. There's no it, circles though. anywhere. <laughs> I was actually thinking about this, and I, I kind of suspect that these two announcements on speed increases come from them having been super conservative about speed on their processor chips prior to release because of that exact thing. I mean, they probably super engineered the cooling because they know they cannot suffer another heat issue. I mean, if they were to suffer a heat issue with this box, it would be catastrophic. True. It would be catastrophic for their for their public opinion. And so I think they probably were over-engineering it and over-cautiously uh, setting the specs. And as they've seen now production units, they're like, okay, 
we've run these things through you know thousands and thousands of hours of cycles and we can we can we can do this and be w- still well under our threshold yeah i think it's it's a nice plus but it's not it's not a big deal yeah it's not yeah. a huge deal but it's nice i mean yeah. every every little bit of sure power out of these things considering how long we're going to have them is a good thing right especially now like moving on and the last bit of this is microsoft now is, is insisting that they're going to keep the 360 around for three more years surprising bullshit or not I don't think well, that's it's going to be around, and especially if they're not uh, going to be doing backwards compatibility. Uh, you know, you have you're looking at GTA coming out. Yeah, you're looking at Dark Souls two coming out in February. Batman and all the Batman. all the major mm-hmm. franchises are doing a both current gen and next gen um, editions, and I think it's smart because the entry price, as you mentioned earlier, is really high to get in, and I don't think that they can expect that within a single year for everyone to just convert over. Well, they certainly expected it last generation. They they dropped the original Xbox like it was uh, a hot potato. Yeah, but, but the, very quickly. The I mean, they got right out of that business. Situation we are in as a, in a global sense is much different now than yeah. it was then. I think that they probably mm, recognize maybe. that. No, not even maybe. Like just uh, numbers on paper like we are in a much much a, a, a more of a downturn in economic well, times sure. than I'm we not going to disagree then. with that, but I well, I'm, I don't America know if that's best the, soft recovery. Yeah, but I don't know if that's I don't think they're going well. Uh, we got to help the economy by keeping our constant. I don't I think would, it's about helping. The, I don't think it's about helping the economy. I mean, it's about a, having a real, realistic expectation for what your consumers can afford overall. There's an economic argument that people spend more on personal entertainment in times of recession because it's because they're not spending money on durable goods. I think it. Yeah. I think it has far more to do with the fact that the 360 quote unquote one last generation it has a much bigger install base than the original xbox ever dreamed of having and so there is still a lot of potential upside to selling product into that channel so why i mean basically well, the rest of this promise so here here's the here to to maybe collaborate with you let say the rest of the promise is a hundred games over a hundred games yet to come for the 360 and a commitment to continue lowering the price doesn't as they're this, able to reduce production costs. Doesn't this sound like a page right out of the Sony. PS2? The Sony yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, and that worked really, 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 really well for right. them. So I mean, they not? can still do, they can still do another hardware revision of the 360 and they could bring that back as a $99 platform sure. and be, and I think strong. I don't understand Absolutely. why Absolutely. we're wrong. I don't understand why we haven't already heard about some sort of, 360 as extender to Xbox One functionality. I don't know. I feel like that's a no-brainer. Figure out some way to the Microsoft 360X. Plug it on top of your Xbox One. Or well, I don't mean it plug it on top. Connect. I don't well, mean that. Put it in the other bedroom. Exactly. Put it in your. Put it in another bedroom. Yeah. You can technically plug your 360 into your Xbox One, and they announce a lot of retailers are doing the promotion where if you buy a game like let's say you buy call of duty ghosts for xbox 360 you can upgrade it to xbox one and bring all of your save data with you for like ten dollars i mean that's a that's really enticing for fans of franchises that's on the publisher side though i mean Mm. like on i mean that's not something that microsoft i think is deciding to do that's so which reminds me i mean i i I agree with you i think that's that's a smart move for them and i would love to see i mean i'm I know I'm going to buy GTA 5 probably twice, maybe three times, depending on what platforms it comes out on. And so that's a very realistic issue for me, but I, I just don't know. Yeah, Funny, I, funniest Shacker comment about the uh, speed increases on GPUs and CPUs for the Xbox 360 is that they ought to put a turbo button on the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> I had that on my old PC. Right, remember, remember yeah. the 386? Oh, but I hit the turbo button. Yeah. I got to do that for Doom. Um, but no, I think, I think it would be really, I think, a, a cool thing if... I could plug my 360 in in one bedroom, shoot data, shoot uh, content from it, 
to another bedroom, you know, use it yeah. in some way that enhances the experience and lets me, I don't know. I think that's, I think that'd be cool. I think if you, I think, I think it's great expectations. I'm not sure how realistic it is. I kind of agreed. So uh, Daggett on Shack News had this to say, I'm guessing reality will be in the middle. We'll get this holiday's full release and probably a semi-decent number of titles next holiday. Basically anything that was already in production. But the year after, which would be 2015, and that would be the third year, don't count on it. And I, I sort of, you know, prove sure. me prove me wrong here, and that would be great because it would be great for all the people who have 360s and everything else that goes on. But even if they, you know, even thinking about like product cycle, so when would they do a lower price 360? Well, they would do it sometime next year, and maybe it carries into the year after that. But by the third year out. Are they really still like thinking about supporting 360 robustly? Well, probably not. No, but if, if so. there's some sort of $99 smaller version of the Xbox 360 that could even compete with, say, a Roku for yeah. you know, just have it be some sort of sling box type. And if they could, you know, as, as, a, as you know, as a function of what they do with Xbox Live on Xbox One, could they bring over increasingly more app support inside the live service on 360? I don't know, but sure. there's separate service. Anyway. There you go, folks. 360 is going to last three more years. Question is, how long do you think PS3 lasts after after PS4 comes out? Mm. Interesting. Probably, uh, probably comparable. You think? I, 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 I think I mean, so. I know they want to support it, but I feel like one of the pillars that you're standing on here, at least in North America, is that 360 had such a strong install mm. base and was so strong here. And for me, the Delta is bigger with PS4 to PS3 because of all of the online functionality and how they're getting PSN right now. Mm. And I feel like the, the connective tissue to like make this thing something I'm involved with is a lot stronger in PS4 than it was in PS3. Do you think that there's any relationship between the lack of backwards compatibility and the continued lifespan of these new console or the old consoles in in the even if how do you mean well even if backwards compatibility last generation was poorly executed and ended up being a non-issue about halfway through at least at the outset the sort of tacit communication was hey put away your old console this is a replacement yes and now especially with a, a title the size of gta coming out only only exclusively on these older consoles and you which cannot fair, put we, that disc we know that sometime well we sure. don't know we, we thoroughly expect that sometime in the near future it'll be but others. you cannot put that disc into the, your shiny new console nope. and play it nope uh so you're keeping around your old console if you want to play that game I think that the titles that you're doing that for are few and far between. I mean, think about even a couple of years ago, how often did you put an Xbox game into your Xbox 360 or a PS2 game? Did you want to play instead of playing a PS3 game? I mean, I think we're talking maybe a handful of titles my for the average that, person. But my response to that is this, and, and I, I am with you. Here's the argument I have going on in my head. Over watching several generation changes, I've always thought, backward compatibility, I want that, it's awesome. And finally, after you know being proven wrong so many times, I kind of got to the conclusion this last time, if you know what, backward compatibility is not that well, big a deal because I'm going to put that stuff away. This generation, though, here's where I differentiate. When even going, even going where we were before, which was Xbox and PS2 to the 360 era we were still at the cusp and the, and the leading edge of moving into hd televisions both the 360 and the ps3 have been connected to widescreen televisions predominantly through hdmi connectors 
for the, the at least the last five years, if not most of their lifespan. I mean, maybe a lot of people had component, you know, in, in the early days, but now we're, like we're, most of us are doing these with the you know second versions of their consoles <laughs> through burnout or whatever, and and doing HDMI and the and the games. Although there are variable quality, there are standout games now that I wonder, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, Xbox One and PS4 games are going to look better, but is are, did we reach a point? where we're at the top of that curve so high that there aren't games on 360 and PS3. And particularly when I start delving into the indie stuff mm. yeah. where I think, yeah. man, yeah. I really would like to have these accessible to me. Yes. I well, was thinking that particularly well, backwards compatibility for me, at least for last generation, like brothers look, mm. looking back on, it seems like a bridge tactic for the hardcore gamers specifically. Right. Because if you're, if you're a late adopter, or you're waiting until Black Friday or beyond to get your next generation console. Wait, Black Friday's late adopting? <laughs> or well, you know, no, the, yeah, it's no, like a, right. it's like a week later, no. man. All right, no, yeah, I know, right? We're talking space week. But, you, but, but I mean that that's intense. But if you're getting, that's intense. If you're getting it for yeah, if you're getting it for the holidays, or you're getting it after the holidays, or you're waiting a little bit. The whole backwards compatibility thing, it only the backwards compatibility thing only matters to people like us who are going to have these new devices sitting on their you know coffee table or 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 on their tv stand or whatever right away and yeah. it's like and and then you have two devices and you're like well i really wish i didn't have to have two devices here and then eventually you know three four five months later you know they're starting to release the really popular games are getting little hd updates or whatever through some downloadable channel and that's thing is that wheel those wheels are starting and something to turn. you wanted to play you will buy again. And, yeah, and something you really wanted to play you're going to buy again and so i think that I mean, I just look at my look at the way that I looked at backwards compatibility, especially on the 360, because I was like, man, I waited so long, and I was waiting and waiting for that them to update that list with the Warriors, <laughs> you know, make that backwards compatible because I love that game, and and it never it never went. But by the time, I mean, I actually forgot about it. I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll check the list at some point, and then went back. But just remember I, that that again, that was a change of like. PS2 games. Remember the PS2? It was a thing for them to include 480p support. Right. Remember, it was like, oh, yeah. this game includes 480p widescreen support. Right, right. So when you went to PS3, suddenly that was a big deal. And and 360, okay, it was primarily set up for 4x3. It did 720p, but it's primarily set up for for 4x3. It was it was these consoles that we're playing right now that really ushered in going to you know everything in widescreen, everything set up for a larger format television. Yeah. So you know. See what happens. All right, tell me about PAX. Tell me, yes. What did you play on the X Bone? Oh, tell me, tell my me what, gosh. Tell me why I shouldn't have stayed. Like, home like, let's, just, let's just like cut straight to the chase. Final I want to know Fantasy. about Titanfall. Okay, oh, yeah. so that is what I played on X Bone. I played Titanfall on Xbox One. It is fucking phenomenal. Like it was the thing that everybody at PAX was talking about. It did seem to be the thing everyone was. You guys about. have all been to Media Hour at a PAX before, correct? Mm-hmm. This media hour at PAX, when the doors open at 9 a.m. before they open the queue line for everybody else at PAX, every single media person that I knew ran to play Titanfall. There was a, a full queue at, during media and hour you don't want to, see that. to play Titanfall. You don't want to see a bunch of media <laughs> Which you normally running. don't see because normally there's no full queue line because the whole show is, show is open, but everyone was there to play Titanfall. Um, so... The game itself is just really accessible. It's really fun to play. It really lets the player feel like they have a chance to really do some damage. And one of the things that I really don't like about the average PvP multiplayer experience with first-person shooters online 
is that I feel like it's not fun because I spend so much of the time running to and from the spawn point because I'll spawn and then I run to the middle of the map where the action is and then before, you die and you get over. before I even lift my gun to raise my sights, somebody has shot me from across the map and then I'm back at the spawn point and then I have to run back to the center and to me, that's just not a fun player experience. I think I only died like two or three times and I felt like I was like really killing lots of people and really felt empowered and then when the match ended, I had 44 kills and I was like, yes! Do you think that's a function then, of the fact that there are a bunch of bots even in regular multiplayer games? N- I mean, no. Generally, I don't play with uh, multiplayer games that have a lot of bots. No, but is it, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought Titanfall peopled the world with AI characters in addition to players. I don't know the answer to that question. I Am I wrong about that? I was momentarily distracted. Um, he was I. on e. his reading phone. His phone. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't. My understanding. I my phone, damn it. My understanding was case. that there's there's cannon fodder. Yes, there are. There yeah. are there are AI controlled components inside the game that it, that also contribute to the war space to the game space. So I mean, I felt like I had a lot of kills, and then the guy, the top killer on my team, had like 137 kills. So I, yeah. I, I came out of the match feeling really, really powerful. But I think that might be I, yeah, it's sort of honestly, kills, yeah, it's a, it's a sort of like almost a borrowed page from a MOBA, right? Is that you have, that's a kind of, it's I think it's kind of a brilliant move because it's absolutely brilliant. You, you, you engender that exact feeling is Mm -hmm. that, Oh man, I killed a bunch of people. Well, you kill, you you may have killed a bunch of people, but you may have just killed a bunch of AI characters, but it's indistinguishable to you. And that's fun. And that increases the fun factor. I think it's a long overdue innovation for, to make the game, as you said, more accessible. I think that's pretty cool. My, my greatest concern about that game, from only having watched it been played and watched it in video, is keeping up with what seems to be the absolute controlled chaos of playing it. Of just, It looks so frenetic. The, the movement it's, in that game looks... It's not as frenetic as you would think. Though. I mean, and I think that just for demonstration purposes, they really did all of the different crazy things that you can do. But at no point in my match did I ever grab onto another Titan and like ride the Titan around and like shoot people from the back of a Titan, which you can do. Yeah. Um, but like the, mo- the almost parkour style movement around the map feels really great it feels really fluid like it you feel does it, does like it you feel can, controlled because the thing is yes. like you watch someone do that and they're going so fast and like and especially when they've been playing it, it's like you know abby or someone from the studio like they run through a couple of rooms they run across a wall across a building side grab a rocket launcher hop up on top of a roof shoot a titan yeah. jump down on the ground because go, they know the map like yeah. the back of their hand right and and players will get that kind of confidence once you play maps that's the same with any online multiplayer like you really need true. to learn the maps to be comfortable with them or if you're like me you'll never learn the maps and you'll always feel like an idiot. <laughs> um, so you know like where the special weapons are, you know where the hiding places are, you know where the best like sniper points are. Um, I felt like the almost jetpacking effect that you get um, was much more controlled than say the jetpack in Halo multiplayer. I felt like that was much more out of control kind of feeling unless you, until you master mm-hmm. how to use the jetpack. Um, I thought it was really fluid and getting, when when you get that little message that says that you're ready for Titanfall, that your, your Titan is ready for you. It's so uh, exciting. Your Titan is ready. It's it's really exciting. And the Titan, there's three different kinds of major Titans that you can take. One's like a heavy, more explosive. There's like an assault one. And then there's more of like a scout type. I don't, those aren't the exact names. So don't quote me in those. Do you, um, do you choose on the fly which one you're getting? In your loadout. Oh, you so you, you'll get the same one the entire match. I believe so, but I'm not sure. Because I didn't change. I didn't bother trying to... Because I had my Titan the whole match. Mm. I didn't, never lost so my you, Titan. So, though you may think otherwise if you watch... Because watching the videos, it seems like the Titans are 
are balanced somewhere between over strong and over fragile, but like they, it does seem like yeah, people they, lose Titans. It's yeah. like, oh, you're driving your Titan, you're going to lose it. Well, that one of right. the, one of the king pillars that they talked about at E3 was that they wanted to make the game equally viable in a Titan and out of a Titan, so that right. it didn't feel like, well, I'm just waiting for my Titan to show up so I can actually do something. Right. Yeah. No, I I took a, a bunch of other players out, and I took a couple of Titans out when I was just like on foot. It's all about strategy, about knowing where your opponents are, knowing who your targets are, and really picking what your vantage points are. If you're just going to like run into a firefight and there's like three titans, you know, shooting each other and you're like, I'm going to take one down. Also, you're going to get punched by one of the titans. You're going to be dead instantly. My biggest question about this game, and maybe they didn't show any of this yet. I'm curious if they did, um, is this weird place that they seem to be positioning it between single player and multiplayer that the multiplayer is the single player and vice versa. And, um, did you guys basically just play a, a death match or was there some sort of structured goal? Well, there were narrative? objectives on the on the map, but the objectives were basically like hold a position or take out this other team and then get to like the evac zone or whatever. But um, it wasn't like a death match where it was like kill as many people as possible and whoever has the most points wins. Um, but we only saw one mode because we only, I only got to play one match Mm. because there was just so many people in line all the time that I didn't, I I felt like it would be kind of a douche move if I was like, oh, I'm media. I should get to play a couple of times. I didn't want to do that. I'm I'm really curious about that that balance. So when you were playing, was it like the on foot stuff, you were sufficiently agile and able to move around and stuff so that you felt- Power. I mean, then obviously on the flip side, the Titans are just these huge tanks that are. But they actually are surprisingly agile. You can sprint while you're in your Titan. Okay, so what's what's like the? I mean, I, I mean, I'm assuming you're using completely different tactics, whether you're in a Titan or not. It what's that sort of fine line that it walks between balancing those out? Like, is it is it like the the super nimble guy versus the giant tank, or is it more subtle than that? Like, it's more. Like, I think it's more subtle, especially depending on what loadout you pick for your character and what loadout you pick for your titan. Like, it depends right. what kind of player you. Okay, are. Okay, I want to ask a question about that. Did you get to talk about loadouts? What? I mean, if you're, I mean, I get that like a titan, you're going to have like heavy cannons and rockets, right. and you can punch dudes. But I mean, when you're on foot, is it just like I have an assault rifle and a shotgun? You have mini cannons and mini like, rockets. Yeah, what do you like, mini punching dudes? dudes. Yeah. And, and does it feel good to be on Better. foot? I mean, what do you yeah, what, no, so what it do you really to, what, did. Do you, what do you rocking when you run? What is your loadout when you're running around on foot? I mean, my particular play style that I like is I usually go with an assault or a, a scout class. Okay, so what so what kind of guns did you have? Um, assault rifles and handguns. So, so basically, you're like only you're only good rifle. against like soft targets. Then you can't really take on titans well titans have weak points depending on what kind of titan they are you know so you just have to know what the weak points are and then aim for the weak points do they glow um (laughs) maybe i think they might glow if i remember correctly no respawn take that out of the um i don't they're orange they're not like orange though um But I know you guys are asking me a lot of questions, but I literally had one hands-on like oh, just more, session. We need more info. We must milk so more I, info. I apologize that I'm not doing the best job answering. These I'm questions. so worried. I'm so worried. Dave, did that you bring my, the truth serum? I, I'm so <laughs> worried that my, the drugs. my excitement level for this game is is over uh, hyped, and that I'm. It's not. Well, I'm. Well, I'm. Ex- <laughs> I, I'll say why, and that is that I'm worried that it's Call of Duty in the future, and that. And that wouldn't be awesome by itself. It would be super awesome okay. for the I'm just couple asking. of hours that I would play it, and then, uh, uh, and then for your tastes, for me, for my okay. personal taste of like what I what keeps me coming back for more. I read is you. feeling like I'm 
progressing through some sort of narrative, feeling like I'm progressing through something other than just loadouts. Well, this is more like an esport thing. Like you, uh, the more you play it, like you're like, okay, I'm getting progressively better at this, and now I really know this map, and now I have really Jeff, cool stuff that I've unlocked. I, I think, I think you're, thing. I think I you're think more hype for Destiny. Yeah. I, I yeah I, I, mean, I, I mean, I'm not more hype, but I mean I think it maybe it Destiny will be more, more along my lines. Yeah, because I'm not sure that this is going to be. I mean, look, we have games like Left for Dead or Brink where you played collaborative multiplayer, and they were definitely taking you to a story. And and from what I've seen of Titanfall, I think that it's not even quite that far. It's more of of a of, of there is a there's an umbrella of a world. That's fleshed out as well as it would be in a single player game. Yeah. And then there are things and events that happen in the game and you can go and play those as you would play missions in a game that was a single player game. If you liked them over and over and you can go back and play these over and over and different things will happen. Uh, it looks super fun and clearly you had a lot of fun playing it. Um, and I'm excited for that and I definitely want to play it. I'm just worried that it won't retain me because I'm not the guy that gets retained by Call of Duty. I don't, I don't enjoy coming back and playing the same eight maps over and over and over just to sort of might not be go thing. to prestige level i like fat loots i like you know uh, unlocking new skills i like role-playing stuff i, I like all that I'd, kind of I'd, thing i'd and, venture to and again this is totally from the periphery but i think that that this game is probably going to scratch a different itch than call of duty is just I mean, you just, have I to be a fan of shooters will. at the end just of the day if you're open. not a shooter fan then this is probably not your thing i'm a fan of robots Robots, the robots are very cool. But I mean, the basic gameplay mechanic is shooting and it's first person shooting. So I think that if you don't like shooters, there maybe are some well, games that are, on the, like that are on the edge that you could like. But I mean, this game is a lot of fun. You get to shoot a lot of stuff. All right. So there's, there's been a lot of love for Titanfall. I want to ask you another shooter you have down here. Because I want to know whether I should be expecting this to be a you know dark horse sleeper candidate or a don't worry about it, it's not going to be any good, and that's Wolfenstein. I have been consistently impressed with Wolfenstein, and I've seen it about three times now. And one of the things that I really love about it is that the developers have decided just to make it a single-player experience, not even attempt to shoehorn in multiplayer because they said, we're a single-player studio. We don't have skills in making multiplayer games. So this is a 100% single-player experience um, that's very story-based. And every time I've played it, it's so much fun. And it's got... Some people may criticize it for having that kind of um, bullet sponge uh, theme going on where you run into like these huge mechs and you just have to unload rounds and after round after round into into these enemies but i think that that's fun like i feel really like overpowered as a character now the demo that i saw at Pax Prime i had some narrative issues with because they showed so the game is set i don't know do you guys know about like what the wolfenstein Little. setting is oh, well, sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, and before yeah, you sure. get along too long keep in mind that machine games the developer behind this game is formed from uh, former Starbreeze folks. Right. So they have serious, you know, serious chops. Yeah, I mean, the, the game looks beautiful. It feels really balanced. Like, the weight of the guns is really great. Um, the story is in, like, the 1960s. This is after World War II where the Germans won. It's in, like, in this alternate reality. Um, and the demo that I played was the second half of the prologue which is a two-hour long prologue before you actually get into the game that's a long-ass prologue yeah it sets up what happened in the 40s but from the 40s to the 60s and like where bj how bj got to where he is being okay. captured by the nazis and um it was really interesting kind of setting up like why you're doing what you're doing but 
It introduced um, some new enemy types and some new gun types and the fact that you can dual wield like all these different kinds of guns in the game is really fun. I like that they included a stealth element to the shooter, but it's not required. Even though there are certain situations where if you go in guns blazing, it's going to be extremely more difficult for you than if you try to stealth your way around some things. Um, But that ultimately you as the player gets to decide like how you want to play. Um, I really like it. I'm really looking forward to it. I love single-player shooter experiences. I think that they're really fun because I'd like to do things at my own pace without being pressured to perform on a team or kill my teammates, or not my teammates, but my friends who I'm playing against in multiplayer. Um, I really like it. I'm going to buy this game for sure. Plus, you know, killing Nazis, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kill all uh, the Nazis. Can you can you talk about what they showed for Dragon Age Inquisition? Because that's what I'm so excited about. Yes, yes, I can. Please, 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 <laughs> so please. we actually had a really extensive, like it was like a 40 minute gameplay demo oh, God, for know. Dragon Age Put Inquisition. It in <laughs> um, <laughs> me. I was I, I tweeted after PAX that I was surprised, but also not not opposed to how many influences they took from Skyrim. Um, some of the things, even down to the navigational bar that's at the top of the screen, looks almost exactly like Skyrim's navigational do bar. Do you look up to do your skills and like look to the heavens? And- <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if the menu system that they have is finalized because that game is still more than a year from launch. So sure. it's I'm third sh- person, though, right? Yes. Yeah. Um. So I'm sure that a lot of it's going to to change. And you're in a party, not a single. You are character. in a party, okay. and you can play up to four people co-op, uh, oh, cool. which is which is cool. That's awesome. Um. Awesome. You, that you, is very cool. Do you get to throw people on the rack and in the Iron Maiden? And it's not that Inquisition. Oh. Dude. <laughs> the Inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Inquisition. Um, they wanted. To, I mean, uh, because it's a Bioware game, they obviously wanted to put a big emphasis on player choice and morality. And you know, if you do certain things in the world, this is what's going to happen, and it's persistent. So, for example, they showed off um, a city where. Uh, you had the choice to stay and help the citizens of this village um, fend off some of these like evil uh, warriors, or you could go and save the keep that's nearby. And if you save the keep, then you get all these resources and accesses to these things. But if you do it, then maybe the people in the village are going to die. Yeah, like you don't know. You have to like choose. No, don't let them die. That's all. Always been the best part of Dragon Age. Uh, I think it's it does it. I know this is blasphemy, especially to you, Andrea, but Dragon Age did that so much better than Mass Effect ever dreamed of doing it. And I always, it always bothered me when people were like, oh, I love the choices in Mass Effect. It's like, well, Dragon Age does that, it so much better. And then C- the stuff that CD Projekt Red does. Yeah. One-ups. Yeah. yeah, as I continue to play The, the Witcher. Witcher yeah. As I continue to play The Witcher 2, I am yeah. increasingly just awed by the amount of, amount of content that they had to create for which... You won't any, see it on your first player. Any given player will never see yeah. because you're like, oh, here's something else just... Like, you could t- like now I'm getting aware of it. Like, oh, something has just changed here. So good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking, definitely excited about it. You know what would be cool? Totally. They did show some combat. I need to diverge yes. for just yes. a second over Witcher 2. You know what would be really cool? Would be if they did... <laughs> it's his birthday. He gets to do I it. I guess so. If they did some Witcher sort of... Witcher 2 is awesome. <laughs> they did some sort of... Um, you, you know how when they have... I'm trying to think of a good example, but a... Well, we can talk while you think. A <laughs> fiction <laughs> novel, movie, or game where you take something like that where there are multiple paths... And instead of playing the whole like, well, this could have happened, like this is the, the choice you made. It like lets you have windows into all the different choices that are being made concurrently. Isn't that so- there was a game that was doing that? I can't remember what that, it is. Well, whatever that is, that's an awesome concept. I, I would love. Well, I mean, and it, it, it would prevent you from. Yeah, I want to. 
play through it again so I can see all that yeah, stuff firsthand. Yeah, and have bleed but, through. But, but like, and have like bleed yeah. through. I mean, you could almost like borrow from Fringe and have you know like yeah. bleed through from the alternate universes and have it like be crashing into each other. I just like, want that some, would be really. Cool. I just want somebody like Telltale, been what, Telltale to do that. Did. Like, that should that would have been fucking awesome. That would have been really cool. Bioshock. Sorry, it's like I sort of had that flash. No, that's okay. I wish I had brought my notes up there in my in my car so I could tell you more details about about Inquisition, but which nobody expects. Um the the combat looks good. Uh, fear and surprise. <laughs> what was it? What was it? Was it like uh, and a, was, a third person action? Yeah. RPG? I mean, it, it seems like we didn't get too much into combat um, as far as the, my discussions with Mark of uh, EPN that game, but because um, they're just not ready to talk about details so for combat. Yet. But they showed a little bit because they showed dragons. And the dragons look. Did they show really any awesome. aging? Um, <laughs> aging, no. Uh, the dragons look really awesome. The, the there was two different ones in the demo, and they said that there is a finite amount of dragons in Dragon Age Inquisition. Well, so in other words, already not as good as Skyrim. They, they don't have all the dragons. <laughs> um, but that each one is a unique experience, and that um, they're going to be very, very tough. Uh, what quote from the developer was: "Fighting dragons will kick your ass." But okay, so but how do you fight? How does fighting happen? Did you they didn't show that? Uh, yes, no, they did. So I mean, it depends which character you are. So they did announce at Pax Prime that you this for the first time you can be Kunari in the game, and there will be female Kunari in the game, obviously because you can choose to be a male or a female in Dragon Age, and that so every different type of of Kunari is the big demon dudes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying that for the audience. Yeah. Obviously, it, I know. Well, they're, they're, they're going <laughs> of course, back, you do. They're going back to like racial specific quest lines where you're like, if you're this character, there are. They of, said that yeah. your race and gender choices in Inquisition will block off content for you in the game, hmm. so that if you decide to be, you know, like a male dwarf, that maybe you won't get to see certain things in the game because of your race. But and did you see choice. fighting happen? Yes. And what was it? It was it was push a button, swing a sword. Well, I mean, I wasn't watching which buttons he was pushing on the controller, but no, yes, he fight- had a great sword. It was two-handed, third-person combat from, you know, over-the-shoulder angle. Yeah. I, I well, that's what, what I'm saying, because in the first Dragon mm-hmm. Age, it was pause the game, give your party orders, they do shit. You in can the second- do that. Actually, they brought the tactical camera back, which okay. was in the PC version of Dragon Age 2, I believe. Um, but it would never appeared on console before, and now you can do the tactical camera. It's not necessary. Um, he was very specific in saying you don't need to use it, but it will give you a distinct advantage if you decide to use the tactical camera, which allows you to pause combat and then um, survey the situation, see if there's like guards on the wall versus guards on the ground, like if you're at a keep, right. and see what kind of guards they are. Are they archers or are they foot soldiers or are they mages? Like what are they? And then you can assign your party members to go attack specific um Specific enemies with specific powers, or you don't right. have to use it at all. Because the second, second, second you can do it all in real time. Second game, you could do that too. I never need. I finished that game. I did it maybe twice ever. So you don't. You just didn't have to do it because it never mattered. No origins. It was really important. But, but origins but yeah, was built around yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I think it also depends on what your play style is, what you like to do. If you like more of a tactical strategy like that, if you're playing on a harder difficulty level, maybe it becomes more important. Mm. You know what I want in the next gen? I want next gen video game guards to go to a school that teaches them not to walk around whistling while on patrol. It's kind of or just uh, yeah. you, you want you want to deny guards the one joy they have in the world, <laughs> the, one, the only you, thing that breaks no, up listen, the monotony of I'm, their guarding life. I'm glad life. you brought that up because one of the things that really frustrated me with a lot of these demos, and I saw a bunch of games at PAX, and all the enemies. I feel like they always say things like, you're going to regret that. 
I'm going to kill you. And when in reality, you're like, no, listen, it's my mission to kill you because I can't progress in the game until you're dead. I have a very important job <laughs> guarding this very important facility. Let me grumble and talk and make make sure everyone knows that I'm here. Everyone, I'm guarding this thing right here, and I'm looking this direction right now. I'm, I'm actually writing a screenplay called Henchman right now. So remind <laughs> me to tell you about it. After <laughs> Sounds awesome. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I like it already. Okay, less people think that you didn't play anything from uh, the PlayStation. You have down here that you also played Knack, which, by the way, yes. Cerny talked about how uh, they are looking at two you know, they're looking at their player base for Knack in two ways. One is the you know the common person, the you know, the average not, I mean, not common, but like the more the, the casual game, casual game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate casual because it makes it sound like you don't give a shit. It's like the gamer, like they're one of them is me who just wants to sit down and play the game and have fun and have a reasonable challenge. But they also want to harken back to that like core. You remember it on PlayStation, like you know early days of uh like crash bandicoot or whatever where like you know you turn it up and it's it's a difficult platformer i'm glad you brought that up because that was the first thing i was going to say is that i was surprised how challenging that game was wow very different what they showed at e3 then no it it was (laughs) and i I picked it up going oh i know what this game is it's not going to be hard i died five times within the first five minutes of me playing because i just I underestimated how challenging the game was going to be. And I was actually, now that I've, I, I've been hands on with the game, I'm excited to see more. I think the concept, a lot of people still don't understand is that, so you play as knack, this character who's built out of all of these different objects, depending on which level of the game that you're in, you could be built out of metal or the ones that I saw was, he was also built out of wood. And as you bust open these crates around the world, you collect more objects and you get bigger as a character. So like, it's like the pieces uh, fit into you almost transformer style and then he just grows and then if you get hit by an enemy they knock pieces out of your character and then you get smaller and less powerful so if you can make it through the world killing all the enemies before they uh, damage you you just get bigger and bigger and more powerful as you go so by the way that's one of the really cool that's that's like the combination that's that's the connection point between what they can do tech wise yeah and and what they've wanted to do design wise because like now we have this we can do these rigs we can do whatever we want to we can add make this oh, character particles, change particles, like, particles. Bring, it, bring it together and like we can do deformable rigs no problem we can like just grow this thing no big deal and that's something that before you know with the animation systems you would have been looking at it going well how i can't make this thing run when i right. make it 30 percent larger yeah. i don't cool, I can't you can get like that. building size it's neat you get that yeah, yeah no in the in the trailer they show like some later levels where he is almost like like yeah building size exactly mm. like smash yeah, I, I, what, the, what they were showing at e3 i got to the a building size you can pick up cars and throw them at people and stuff it's fun but um i'm i'm surprised that i'm excited to hear that it's more than just uh what seemed to me like a kind of a kid's game uh, not, not, it not, does, it does not kind of remind me a little dismissive. bit of Skylanders for those people that have played Skylanders as far as like the the angle of the camera and the kind of the look of the environment and the way that you encounter enemies. It kind of felt a little bit like yeah, that. Yeah, it looks like but, a DreamWorks animated movie. Yeah, but that's it, a good thing. Yeah. And yeah, from the outside uh, yeah, looking in, let me ask you this, from the outside looking in, try and put yourself back several years and think, what would I have thought about Crash Bandicoot sure. prior to having played it? What if I just like saw this, like, saw this character... And and saw the way the game was put together. Like, would how would I have how would I have thought about that? Yeah, and I think that that's that's sort of the that's the challenge with any of these you know character driven uh, character driven platform action games like that. It's the, especially if they have a lot of character, which Knack is starting to look like it's really got all of those pieces as well as the tech. Well, and it's and, and the tech looks like it's 
it's one of those rare examples. I mean, early on, they always you always see games like this, but where the tech is actually showing off a new game or enabling a new gameplay type, yeah, or a new gameplay mechanic. Really, really cool. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, sure. It, it looks cool. I'm, I want to play more. What other what are highlights? Did you get up to the uh, to the indie? I did. Of course, I went to the indie mega booth, the biggest indie mega booth they've ever had. Over eighty games in the indie mega booth, which was just bananas. Awesome. Um, so there much was more mega things. than a regular booth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a couple things that I really liked. One of the games that really stood out for me was Blood of the Werewolf, which is one of Midnight City's games. And that's the newly announced um, indie developer studio um, run by Casey Lynch, formerly of IGN. I don't know if you guys have heard about Midnight City, but they have 10 titles that they're working with. And this one was probably the most exciting for me. It's uh, like a side-scrolling 2D platformer, Metrovania, if you want to use that term, even though I openly hate that term and that a lot of developers Wait, wait, why it. do you openly hate that because term? Because I feel like if you're developing a game, like you should, like you should be confident enough in your concept that you don't need to call it a Metroidvania. It's just, well, it's just a, it's just a recognizable shortening. I mean, so you're telling me that Metroidvania is now equally acceptable as RPG or FPS or, or, or roguelike MMO? Or yeah. Any roguelike, yeah. Rogue, there was a bunch of roguelikes in the Mega Booth, too. Okay, so I'll let that go because the game is really cool. So you play as this woman named Selena who is one of the last werewolves on Earth and her husband is killed by a mysterious force and her son is kidnapped and the whole premise of the game is that you have to try to find out who kidnapped your son and and get him back. So when you're in the tunnels or in the in the dungeons, dungeon crawling part of it, um, you're a human and when you're outside in the light, you're a werewolf. No, that's cool. Um, that seems backwards. <laughs> it's, but I like it. Cool twist. I, I, it does seem backwards, <laughs> but like it's like because when you're out in the moonlight is when she turns into a werewolf. Oh. Um, and so you have um, all of these different abilities that you can upgrade based off if you're a werewolf or if you're Selena with like arrows or guns or whatever she has in the level that she's in. And she's fighting against uh, the setting is like post monster wars. And there's actual like themed monsters like Frankenstein and Dracula and the mm. creature. And these are like all bosses you know that you fight in the game. I'm going to start calling every day pre-Monster Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, cu- we're, we're currently in the pre-Monster we're, Wars period. P- or, or PMW. Yeah. So, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, that's, that's okay. Yes. The pre-Monster Wars. We're pre-Monster Wars right now. And it's, and it's that... It's that challenging aspect of platformers that we all loved from, you know, when games actually used to be difficult and it requires you to use a a different set of strategies and I really enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to playing that. That was one of my favorites. But the thing I think that everybody was talking about from the mega booth was Crypt of the Necrodancer. Um, <laughs> there were plenty of there were plenty of pictures of it. That sounds like there were Japanese plenty of pictures yes. of the of the creepy ass demo station. Yeah, so this is a roguelike, and but you can play using a DDR pad um, because there's an integrated soundtrack, and the movements in the game are set to the beats of the music, and you that, that's a very move small around. audience. I, I mean, Dude, it was like cool. It was cool, or... right? But who has their DDR pad still? I have two. Do you have two DDR pads? Of course, dude. That's the only because can play. one would be stupid. No, because you can play two player. You gotta have two, so you can play two player. Yeah. How do you right. think he keeps oh, looking so fit and svelte? It's because he yeah. always has a pants off dance off in his apartment. <laughs> yeah, pants off dance off. Um, they showed new levels from Super Time Force, which I've talked about on the show before, which I'm really excited for. Okay, so I have two friends. Cappy, um, I have to ask you to play either of the games. Did you play uh, 17 Bits Galaxy? 
I did not. Okay, which Galaxy, obviously, if you haven't heard about it already, is looking great, looked great. It was on the stage for PS4, so they've gotten a ton of looks. Apparently, has like everyone says, great looking explosions. Hmm. And did you look at uh, Pixel Junk Inc.? I did not, but I saw their booth, but I did not look at it. All right. But I love Pixel Junk stuff. I was really bummed I didn't get so there. So here's the thing about Pixel Junk Inc., from what I've gathered from talking to people who saw it and checking out you know, developer interviews and watching it, is that it's not like any Pixel Junk game that came before it. It's definitely much more um, methodical and and dense than any of their... I mean, if their games before had... Were, here is something as a game mechanic that we're going to riff on and do some really cool art and style around this. This one is here are a number of game mechanics nested together in a system with a cool style around them. And the game ostensibly is you build uh, a factory to create soup and you launch the soup into space. Another one I'm, of those games. I'm so, of course. I so <laughs> Another one of those games. I want to play. But, but from, and, and, you know, maybe that this resonates for me because, you know, I made friends with Dylan and several of the folks around there and, and having been to their studio many times, I know they were super into Minecraft for a while and you can really see how awesome. that impacted what they're doing here because That's a awesome. lot of, I mean, this is a flat 2D screen, but a lot of what you're doing in in building it's a dynamic world and you go into this dynamic world with your character and you mine out areas in order to create space to build your infrastructure for your soup factory so you have to build like an office and you have to build like a uh, factory i want this so bad so you have to build all these different yeah. places but then you also have to go out and collect the ingredients to make your soup out of the dynamic world i want so, this so bad and then <laughs> really <laughs> it sounds awesome it does sound it's, awesome it, it is a ton of like really funky unexpected nested together game systems that seem to be creating a sort of interesting game soup. That's that. That's, yeah, I did that. that's yeah. why it's I, I like really cool. I, I, I am it's so super thirsty for, for, for originality like that. I think it, it sounds, and there's like, a, there's, there's like, you know, like risk reward relationships, for instance, you know, do you go out and go adventuring further afield to get, more rare component, you know, more rare ingredients for your soup, which makes you better soup that'll be more sophisticated. Or do you invest in your infrastructure and just build a better soup factory? I want this game. Or do you both? What, when is right. it coming out? Uh, it, PS4? Uh, no, it's Steam. Oh. It's Steam. And I, you know, I don't actually have, I haven't talked to Dylan in a while. I suspect that, um, I suspect they'll probably do green light or something like that. Or maybe early, they probably do, they like, they want to do green light. They'll probably do Steam early access, I would guess. Maybe. Hmm. I mean, it awesome. seems like there's a ton of systems to tune Speaking in here. Speaking of which, uh, I don't know why I haven't got bought it yet, but I, but just Pixel Junkie, you should check that out. Out about Might and Magic. Uh, what's it called? Legacy Ten or something like that. I have that got me. I, oh yeah, my god, it looks right. awesome! Yeah, yeah. It's an old school like Ultima Underworld slash really? Might and Magic game that they're making now. It's on screen uh, Steam early access, like old New World computing Might and Magic. Old first person grid based. You move, you push forward, and it moves forward one grid. Oh, but it's first person. Do I need graph paper or will it? Like, uh, I don't know up? if it's that old school, but it looks. So I did that by the way. Ra- Me too. Of course, I, know, I, I know. That's right. We, okay, we've had that conversation yeah. before. Anyway, all right, we'll take a little break. We should regroup. I need a beer anyway, and so we'll take yeah. a uh, we'll take a little breather here. When we come back, we still have uh, Lost Planet three to talk about. I want to talk a little bit about some of the uh, information that came out about Grand Theft Auto Online. Oh, we yeah. have some we have some user stuff. We have brothers. We have Hearthstone. I want to talk Outlast too. I had bit. a great. By the way, Outlast, dude, yeah. I, yeah. I blame you for me being addicted to Hearthstone. Now I'm not as addicted as you are, but I play it like pretty much every day at lunch, and then like at night, I'll like oh, I could get in a game it of Hearthstone. Is the perfect light snack game. It is. It is per- really yeah, good I play it before WoW and after WoW. I need it to be on <laughs> iPad. <laughs> <laughs> it bookends your WoW it experience. Does. It's like it's like a WoW sandwich. It's a so pal- you're pal- saying. 
Then I should start playing this game. Do you like card games? Pretty great. I do. If you like card games, it's. I mean, it is. It is a bit card game light, as I understand it. But after our discussion last week about Magic versus this, the more I play this, the more I like this, and the more I think this is like the tone down. Anyway, we'll take a quick break. We will be right back when Weekend Confirm continues. Everybody, you know what happens when the best video game sports writers from sites like Kotaku, Polygon, GamesRadar, Joystick, Pasta Padre, and Operation Sports get together. Well, I'll tell you, it's called the Press Row Podcast. You guys want to check it out. It's hosted by Rich Grisham. He brings all these folks together somehow. Can you believe it? Pasta Padre and Operation Sports on the same show. It's pretty freaking awesome. They get long-form interviews with developers. They also discuss, of course, all the sports games that are coming out. And it's a great podcast to listen to. It's the Press Row Podcast. It's available now on iTunes, or you can get it directly from their hosts over there on Operation Sports. Good stuff out there if you are a sports video game player. That's the Press Row Podcast, which you can get right now off of OperationSports.com or subscribe to it on iTunes. Yeah, big thanks to our friends over there at the uh, Press Row Podcast. We, this is really fun doing this with them. Like Everyone's having a good yeah. time. Yeah. So uh, thanks, Rich and company over there. Hope you guys are having a uh, great show and are ready for the NFL kickoff weekend, which we will be... Dun, 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 dun. We will be hitting. We will be hitting coming dun, dun, up. Dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. So we're all excited about football. Anyway, uh, coming up in the uh, first tailgate of the season at the uh, end of the show. But right now we have more yet to talk about. Uh, I'm not really sure. Where should we go? Would you like to talk about brothers? Sure. I um, Are you glad that I shoved and pushed and I said, have you've got to play this? I have to thank you. For forcing yeah, me to play well, it. You didn't have to thank me, but yeah. I want to uh, now, in turn, pay it forward and try oh. to force our audience to play it. Because if you haven't, it's, it's a now very on, It's very out on everything now. It's on PC and, and PlayStation 3 as well as 360 now. Very so you can special get it wherever. experience. On a hit, yeah, yeah, Steam. It just hit Steam. PC. Yeah, it's on so yeah, it's out. Yeah, Steam, yeah. PS3, out now. 360 I don't know how it would play on a keyboard, though. That would be interesting. Are you, well, you can key, you can uh, controller course. your... I mean, of course. But if you, you know, if you if don't, you don't have, have a controller to plug into your computer... But yes, it's. A, I don't it's think a you'd be able. That's experience. a good question. I don't think you'd be able to play without a controller. Well, you could theoretically. I don't know. Yeah. No, right. you do WASD and then you do like semicolon two shift key. Yeah, keys. I don't know. Well, that yeah. would be really difficult. It would be really. Hard. It's a controller experience, folks, for sure. Uh, and you know, obviously, uh, we've talked about it before. But brothers is uh, the story of these two brothers trying to save, get some medicine to save their father after their mother has already passed away. And you control both brothers at the same time. One with the left stick of the of the uh, controller, one with the right stick of the controller. Uh, and uh, you, um, oh, the amazing thing about that game <laughs> is that we're we're gonna, I'm gonna keep going and ignore all. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. The what amazing is thing. That? No, oh please God. come on. Can it's you just please, not... Dave? Can you please put that in the post so <laughs> we can confirm? This is how. This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. On Shack News, the please do it. That yeah. photo. Oh my gosh, that photo is gross. Just so everyone knows, okay, Garnet's so, holding so his face. No one had to know. We could have just laugh- kept going. He's laughing so hard, he, he can't even. So you're brothers, so awful. Yeah, have you played? Did you play, Jeff? <laughs> uh, you know, it is. I, I played. I got to do a preview and talk to the director of it prior to release. Um, it's on my. You ever, have to play. Ever it. growing. Like, yeah, yeah. No, it's I know, I know, a very special experience. Yeah. It is. Um, it's not what I expected. I'll tell you that. Yeah. And it's what did not, you expect after what I talked about? I expected what the first, I don't know, half an hour of it is. 
and where where it goes and what it becomes and the story it tells and the places you see it's well, a fairy tale it's it's a it is a fairy tale beautiful. come to gaming and and importantly none of the content is repeated like you don't encounter the same puzzle twice and you don't right. you know it is very much like this is a new thing and now here's a new chapter of your adventure right I mean, they do an, a, a remarkable job of uh, what i was about to say before we derailed a little bit was the, that you have one interaction button per character right and the entire game all wide variety of puzzles all kinds of interaction climbing to rival anything you would find in uncharted or tomb raider all of it is accomplished with one interaction button and the movement of the sticks and that elegance and simplicity is really it quite beautiful. I think beautiful is, is the, the term for this game. Um, but that's not even really what's special about it. The controlling of the, the game is sort of the hook, the, the nobody has tried this before thing about it, which is kind of what I thought was the whole thing about the game because I played the first half hour after you first said it. And I was like, no, I, I get it. This is cool. This is really nice. This is cool. I, I dig it. And I like this thing. What I didn't, what I didn't, anticipate was the beauty of the world the beauty of the story that's told the way the story is told which is all through basically puppeteering it's it's a there's no uh dialogue that's in a distinguishable language it's all that sort of sim yeah it's like a similish thing and and gestures of the characters but at every point in the game you understand the feelings of these two characters well it's beautiful acting it's beautiful beautiful acting but it's also it makes sense that this comes from someone who has a theatrical direction background right because they don't need the dialogue to carry it's 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 the it's the uh the the opposite of what we see in a game where they don't have that background and everything everything is and sorry skyrim but everything is a talking head in your face delivering a line of dialogue and just delivering well, dialogue i mean i like the stories in that game i like as the well, stories but... too what i'm saying here is the delivery is just the opposite here there are zero lines of dialogue and yet you are always completely cognizant of what's going on in the world what's happening between the two brothers any interactions they have with you know trolls or other people in the world or whoever well what's so special about it is that you have an older brother and a younger brother and you control them at all times. And you, the game is really about the journey that these two brothers go on. Yeah. And so much of, of what happens is just about them witnessing something or being a part of something. And at, at multiple points, there are tons of animations and tons of interactions that happen just to add flavor to the experience and you can go up to numerous people objects things in the world and interact with it and the way the older brother interacts with it is very different from the way the younger brother interacts with it and that sense of just those few years of difference in age are so well expressed in how this young younger guy for example you go up to a woman in 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 the very early part of the game this isn't a spoiler it's a minor thing you go up to a woman and she's sweeping and the older brother, you interact with her and he offers to take the broom and sweep for her for a little bit. And she's very grateful and he hands it back. Mm-hmm. The younger brother, you walk up and you do the same interaction. He takes the broom for her and then he balances it on his finger. And it's, it's just this frivolous young kid who's being playful. That tiny thing is expressed over and over and over again in myriad ways. And 
you get an affinity for these two boys and their differences in age and and when one can't the younger one can't swim and the older one can and you that's a puzzle element but it's really an expression of character now for me all of that stuff was 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 really beautiful and great but that's really the first half hour is like walking around and interacting with the people in the town and you know exploring that stuff but when you start going on this extraordinarily beautifully expressed fairy tale this at times very dark tale oddly dark very dark i mean i don't want to spoil anything uh, but there are even minor moments like did you save that guy at one point this will be a spoiler don't Uh, don't no, 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 it's not. A, it's not a big deal. But okay, no I want to say it. No but you're, but you're talking I, just, about, you're I, just, I agree I with you. Played it yet, so. so Jeff, I agree with you. I think that this is a game where the journey is so magical that you you need to go do it. You need to go do it. It's not long. It will take no. You it'll take you three maybe hours. Two sittings. Yeah, yeah. A couple of a couple of three sittings, and you will get through it. And yet you will you will savor. It is a game. Is it is the it is another one of those perfect arguments for shorter experiences because you will. I, at least I literally savored every moment of playing the game. Well, it just goes to show you that all the achievement points in this game are tied to witnessing something, mm-hmm. finding some little corner of something, making something happen and witnessing it. And it's not a big deal. You'll find some, but it'll be some little magical thing that happens and then you get an achievement for it. And that's really, I think an expression of what they were going after is this game is all about exploring it's all about finding those little nooks and crannies and the joy of these two boys venturing out in the world and seeing things that are much larger than life and the fairy tale elements are so striking the imagery that you see is so striking i think that i think that maybe the the real punchline to what you alluded to about the way it gets dark is that this is another case of them of the you know the developer designers recognizing that to have those moments of coming into the light you have to have had the dark. Well, it's very much like a Grimm's fairy tale, like an yeah. old classic Grimm's fairy tale when fairy tales used to be very violent and dark. I mean, this isn't a violent but then, game, but then there is a but, then but there's, there's a, a there's a there's a level of horror and the resolution though that you come out of that with is so it's such a it's such a powerful thing it's it's quite beautiful and the way that you solve the final few puzzles is profound you really like this game i liked it quite a bit i really really did the i found be, it to best, be one of the uh, best single player co-op game ever well one of the things i wanted to bring up was <laughs> what i wish had happened at the end of the game I, was that i was hoping that there was going to be this mode that unlocked that allowed you to play it two player because I would love to bring my girlfriend through this experience or it's a perfect game to, to experience with someone who's not a gamer because it's so pretty and beautiful and the, the it's universally understandable and accessible. How much of the experience do you think you would lose if you weren't controlling both brothers though? That is one of the topics I wanted to bring up because if, if they offered that option right at the, at the top, I think you would lose a little of that magic. But I think that if, was introduced as a second playthrough right. it might be a really interesting thing right right so uh, just to, to be able to like room. take someone through this universe because the world that they create and and so much of it is just unexplained it's just there to be a special magical moment and you walk through these these scenes 
that are you know that are taken right out of myth and fairy tale, but in a very unique way that you haven't seen before. Um, it's, it's really beautiful. It's quite beautiful. I I wouldn't, I mean, it's probably my top 10 experiences of the year. I wouldn't say it's like, you know, the best game I've ever played, but it's a very special experience and just a gorgeous piece of art. I really liked it. Yeah. If you haven't uh, seen it, there's a interview that my friend over at at CNN, Ravi pointed me to who they did an interview with the uh, designer. He was like, is he, is he French maybe? Uh, or a French Canadian? I don't know. I, I, you know, and I interviewed the guy too, and I cannot. I, anyway, I don't want to mess it up. Fantastic, like, yeah. fantastic interview, fantastic game. So we all we're all in agreement. You, know, like, you should you should definitely play. Brothers. I'm definitely grateful that you uh, kept harping on me to play. I just I'm no, glad I'm, to get people out there. Like this is a game. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like completely under radar and is. It's really unfortunate because fantastic. they these guys deserve their that piece of work to be experienced by more people i think it's um i think it's a really beautiful game do you think that being part of summer arcade hurt or helped them well how would it hurt them i don't know yeah i don't think it hurt them in any way i just think i think that summer of arcade this year this is purely me just like reflecting my opinion on it was sort of a dud Hmm. it just didn't to me summer of arcade was sort of me yeah, I, I don't yeah. think that they promoted it nearly as much. Maybe as that's they did what it was. In the it past. Just didn't, it just maybe didn't they're all focused on Xbox One right now. But I mean, I will say that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles looks like a big piece of crap. Why? Well, <laughs> now wait. You can't say that. With, give me some. Why do you think it looks like a big piece of crap? Uh, the camera position in it, first and foremost. The idea that you're playing from a third person perspective, but you're in combat scenarios where that isn't beneficial. Uh, the graphics work. I mean, I could give you more in-depth details, but I would need to play more. But just like first level or like first impressions, not good. But the first two offerings for Summer of Arcade were Brothers and then the Dishwasher Samurai guys. Charlie Murder. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie Murder. That's great. And how did that, like, Charlie, Murder, Charlie Murder got completely overlooked? We we who love James Silva's work, have that's the first time I think on this show we've mentioned Charlie Murder. That's, they were also at the Indie Mega Booth. That's kind of sad. And James, I'm really, James actually listens and stuff. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't understand how this became such a mish. And then Flashback, which yeah. Flashback is a classic that people were like super excited about getting remade. Mm-hmm. And then it came out and was just like, you know, pin drop crickets. And then, of course, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which has been maligned. So it started out very strong. I just, I think that it, did other summers of arcade have stronger, you know, anchors or catalysts around which well, people's I mean, attention got there, detected there's so much here here's the thing like like and i don't i admit that not everyone thinks about digital content this way but as a as a hardcore gamer we're approaching the next gen i'm looking at all these games and going all right well i let, let me see if there's a pc version coming out because i'm going to lose that library at some point or i'm not going to have my 360 plugged in or my ps3 plugged in it's so unfortunate and it's it is but it's like that's the way that that sort yeah. of content life cycle works right as as you get towards the end of the, the hardware generation it's like well if you can't play it elsewhere you know mm-hmm. that's why steam becomes such a, a you know sort of a great thing for that but yeah so let me ask you a question and actually this came up in the uh forums this week desolate hero threw this out for us says going into next gen i was wondering if most of your game purchases will be disc or digital all games need to be installed to the hard drive uh, and i think that that's still that's gonna just be for xbox one though so PS4 does not require installation. Not as uh, not that I'm aware of. Uh, I'm not going to go back and look. But regardless, I will look right now. Every regardless of whether it's, I think that this is a, 
whether or not they're required to be installed, the key piece that I would say back to Desolate Hero isn't that they're going to be required to be installed. It's that at both sides are saying that they will have day one digital for all titles. Mm-hmm. So rather than whether or not it needs to be installed to the hard drive, you'll be able to buy games digitally. You won't have to keep them on your hard drive because it's not a matter of space because they'll be stored tied to your account so you could re-download them again. Like Steam. Yeah. So yeah. what do you guys think? What? Probably digital for me. You think you'll go digital? Dude, Convenience. I'm- and uh, storage space. Wherever's cheaper, honestly. Like, I mean, I have a few, and that's traditionally digital because they don't have to box could be, it. And I don't, don't know, could to. be physical down the road. It depends on if you're going to be a day one purchaser yeah. or if you're going to wait. Because keep in mind, oftentimes, you know, stores buy in more stock than they can sell. Right. I think it's pretty obvious looking at my buying habits for PC games. I could go out and buy a PC game. I don't. I'd buy it digitally. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't see why that wouldn't be the case here. Yeah. I, yeah. For me, it's disk space for sure. I still buy CDs and a lot of people make fun of me for still buying CDs. I like to have, I'd like to have the, the box art. I like to have the physical disc. I like to put them on the shelf and display them in my living room and look at my beautiful collection of games. What's it like I, in 2004? You know what? It's fucking awesome. Okay. <laughs> it's great. And, um, I just really like having something. I mean, Quite frankly, if there was a significant discount for buying digital, I would maybe transfer to digital, but there's not. There's not a discount at all. It's the exact same price. Well, but you just referenced CDs. There is a significant discount for buying a CD digitally, isn't there not? Is there no, not? there is not. Not really. There's not a discount at all. It's the exact same price. Mm. I guess I mean, so. I guess fact, you just buy sometimes track it's by more track, expensive but... to buy track by track than it is to buy a full disc and, al- and, album. And, you know? I mean, as, as a... As a audio person the other downside of buying digitally is that you're buying oftentimes in, in mp3 format which is crappy quality yeah i mean even at 320 you're still talking about it's still it's still a lossy compression format or i'd rather, you, I'd rather or you buy, buy apple lossless and then you can't convert it or you have to go through hoops to convert it into yeah. mp3 to I'd be rather, able to I'd play buy, on un- not apple proprietary devices it's just the whole thing is ridiculous i prefer to have a disc that's my preference but going back to games yes so the games. game is the same either way because Correct. there's no lossless i mean there's no lossy compression in games <laughs> be funny yes. if there was though <laughs> i think that i think that's right. called on live <laughs> good one uh, why if it's stored you know in the cloud tied to your account do you care how much space it takes because you could always re-download it later um i i mean i don't care how much space you mean you said like, you, space i thought you said hard drive space no, I said I like having it on my shelf. Oh, you like so you don't care about how much the, you don't you, the installation space is not a big thing to you like no. accessible. You 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 like, you like actually having the physical media. Too? Well, one of the things that is Do you better, like those instruction books you get now with them? There are well, GameStop making instruction books. They're on the disc. But what I'm saying is exactly. something that I think is beneficial is that if for some reason, I mean, I guess this point doesn't really make sense now that I'm thinking it through. I was going to say like if you need to delete it off of your hard drive, you can re-download it, but you can do that digitally anyway. Yep. So it doesn't matter. But I, I, I just like physically having the disc like on a shelf and looking at the box art. All right. Just for Fair hours and hours. Enough. <laughs> you can make fun of me if you want. Go I'm ahead. I'm not making fun of you. I'm not making fun of you. But like uh, I said, I still I prefer to buy CDs. Perfectly so. valid. Perfectly valid position and to take. Blu-rays, so. Perfectly valid. I don't have that kind of shelf space. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, this last time I moved, I gave away all my CDs. Well, I remember you, I, did, you did it a double jump. That's right. I did. I gave away most everything I own. Anyone uh, want a rock band drum set? I just don't well, have and, space for and shit. And also for special like, collector's editions and things like that, like to get the special steelbook cases or to get like the special packaging. So, well, and here's like a good that, question. You have to buy the actual disc. What will you pay for a steelbook case? Because I actually just, so I literally this last 
couple of days pre-ordered Grand Theft Auto. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and hovered my mouse over the collector's edition and finally went with just the regular. Because I'm like, okay, it's 20 bucks extra and I get a map blueprint map mm, yeah, okay i get some races and stuff in game yeah the don't, stunt the stunt challenges are the only care thing. yeah you, you, you care about those well I, not enough to buy the collection yeah i didn't care about those and then yeah. you get like a couple of boosts and some weapons in the game i'm like okay so i get cheats i, I would probably feel like i was cheating if i use those i'm not gonna use those anyway right. and i get a steelbook case oh, i kind of want the steelbook case. <laughs> really <laughs> steelbook cases are awesome it depends are what they? the yeah, art see, on the steelbook case is so then though. that was my argument so then i then my argument back to myself was is this steelbook case twenty dollars awesome and I was like, mm, no, regular order done. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, no, I... I. So what's it worth to you? What, what's a steelbook case worth to you? It, like I said, it depends. Like, for example, last year, uh, Assassin's Creed 3 had Alex Ross do custom art for the steelbook case. Yeah, and they have custom Something, art on the Grand Theft Auto one. Right, well, it depends, like, what your preference is as a player. Like, I have the collector's edition for Borderlands 2 from last year, too. They didn't come with a steelbook, though, but I still really love what everything else you know i got the marcus bobblehead and some other things that came with that collector's edition but like it depends what it is and what franchise speaks to you what you love i think this will continue what to you're be, willing to spend money on this what, will continue to be a battleground want, you know? for retailers and about and in a place that game publishers look to make some additional income is that as digital becomes more prominent they'll say okay you know what well we can still sell games in physical form but when we do we have to make them special so we'll make them special and we'll make them more expensive We'll make it more expensive yeah. and have custom cases and bobbleheads and map packs. And, you know, we'll put all those things that used to come in a PC game for free, like, you know, a cloth map and mm, an instruction book. figurine or something. Yeah. yeah. A rock. Oh, I, I will speaks. say the Batman Arkham Origins Collector's Edition looks really cool. Like the Joker statue that comes with the Collector's Edition. I mean, it comes with like skins and I think it comes with like the, the map and the steelbook and... Uh, but I, I would have to look it up. I don't want to be... Well, you got your iPad I right just, there. Every, I I just every time I move, <laughs> I go. Why do I have all this crap? Why do I have crap? I just want less stuff. And yeah. I will freely admit that I do not. I I'm not proud of that position. I I think it contributes to a disposable, you know, lifestyle that I'm not proud of as a consumer. Are you ready to get rid of, of any of your board games? No, no. no. But but, but board digital, games. digital <laughs> is eco friendly though, right? Too. Right. I'm just saying. Right. Um, I also would like to take Grand Theft Auto Five. It's eco-friendly if you never throw it away. If it stays on your shelf forever. Well, that's true. Well, then your room becomes a landfill, right? (laughs) Hey oh, hey oh, orders. Uh, So I would like to take this time to nominate you, Garnet, as the uh, GTA Five Weekend Confirmed President uh, of President of the Weekend Confirmed Crew. Oh, for GTA Online, of course, and Vice President. I would a lot of responsibility. I would love to have a crew. I would actually. So they, let's you know, talk about this because they I'm, have that infrastructure. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm Jeff Mattis mastering the Segway. <laughs> Way to go, <laughs> brother! I have my moments. I I I am so so IGN got some hands on time with Grand Theft Online, and I will I will first of all tell you that if you look at the article, and I, I have friends who worked at IGN, I work at IGN, and so I don't. I hate to say this because it sounds terribly disrespectful, but does read the, the, this whole piece that they did does wind up reading a little bit like a PR sheet. And I think it's because I think it's a couple of things. I think it's because grant because rockstar is very guarded in what they give anybody ahead of time. And so what they gave them to work with was probably built around an exact PR plan of yeah. this is what we want them to be able to talk about. But you know what? 
fuck it. I'm excited to talk about this shit because I'm like, look at this stuff. And I think it's really, really cool. For instance, some of the little things that they've built in to deal. So first of all, it's going to be 16 player online and you're going to be able to build, you're building up your character and playing in this world. But, but they've thought about some of the things like what happens when people are playing together and they go rob a convenience store. Well, what happens is you hop into the getaway car. Well, the guy who's driving the getaway car wouldn't be doing the split. So one of the other people does the split, but when he does the split, he can do the split however he wants to. He can be like, "Screw you guys! I'm taking ninety. I'm taking ninety percent of the buck bucks and jumping out of here." And then you can shoot that dude in the face and take all hundred percent of it, and then run to an ATM and deposit it before he. Can Dogs die. and cats living together. Yeah, like, mass hysteria. The 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 psychological <laughs> experiment that this could create in online play could create is crazy. This idea. So what and what Jess talking about is when you die in the game you die and you have a wallet and your wallet is on you and if someone comes to you and like takes your wallet if you don't go to the bank shit but yeah you got to go to the bank and make deposits so this pretty much means that i will never be inviting a random person into my game well grant but so by the way rockstar did clarify a little bit you can use your uh debit cards your ifruit Oh, right. Yeah, Which your, is your phone, phone. Your phone. Yes, your iFruit. To, to, to deposit. It's oh, pretty hilarious. You can use your iFruit phone to do uh, digital banking. So somehow it magically turns the money that you have in your pocket into Okay, so you, you, you don't be- actually have to hit an ATM. Right. To, so, to and, and I think this is something they kind of looked at, like, the potential for griefing here and said, right. okay, like you should be able to use your phone, get your money out of your pocket and put it away. But at the same time, you know, how much money you want to walk around with, you know? Right, right. You go to ammunition, you can't, you can't use your debit card, your debit card at ammunite. How, this is starting to sound right. like real crazy world the, conversations. Yeah, yeah, some of the stuff that they had in this, in this breakdown is. The, the going, most exciting thing for me is I, forever, I've always said, I want the shooting to feel like the best third person shooter. I want the driving to feel like burnout. I want the, you know, I want the best version of all those things. Well, IGN mashed so, up. So IGN did touchstone burnout. I'm sure it was a sort of prompted thing, but they, but one of the things that's interesting is one of the things that came across in this preview is that you, you, there could be 16 people playing in your world, but you're probably only playing with two or three of them at one time, but everything is dynamically happening. And, and so like it, the race example, and the game the, is able yeah. to keep up with it or more so than that. The example of dudes sitting around at one guy's apartment, oh, right, yeah, hitting the bong and watching television and a breaking news bulletin coming up, and now now all of a sudden it's like you're in L.A. and Chopper Thirteen. Yeah, he's watching is, car chase cam, like and the car chase the is players. like watching the other players in the game doing shit. That's rad. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, it's. Are you not impressed? That is crazy rad. Are you not entertained? I'm I, not impressed with these sitting around. I'm, it, I'm not. It, I'm just gonna throw the that out there. Bong. You can troll me as much as you want to. I'm like. I'm not trolling. I I'm just, like, like yeah. Do anything for you? Cool story, bro. Like that's cool story, bro. Wait, wait, wait. That sounds fun. You, well, fine. Wait, you want to go wait, play tennis? We can play two-player tennis. No, like uh, there's. You nothing, wear your whites. I think that's some of the things that they are saying sound intriguing, but like quite frankly, like I'm just not a gigantic GT player I there are things there are a lot of issues that I have with GTA as a franchise uh, so you don't so video games that are you I love, multiplayer or just single player I'm talking about everything okay um, so when they say hey you can play tennis with your friends you can chill out at a friend's place you can go to the movies or race or do this I'm like why why would I need to do that in the GTA world why I, okay it's a good What's, question why so my question just by the way to, if you're looking at my you, you guys who were listening can't look at my notes my my top of this subject was will grand theft auto online be a thing 
because they thought it was going to be a thing last time and it was very briefly a thing and i remember like getting together with a bunch of one-up friends and, and ziff friends and like i think che chow always was one getting us together we'd like go but all we ever did was get together and like try to ratchet it up to five stars and see how long we could survive right. They're, they're, well, okay, they have that, you know, they talked about the mission system in there, and they're talking about over 100 multiplayer missions, right? And it bubbles and up it missions bubbles automatically, up the, which are the most popular. The popular ones get to the top and are easy to surface, and you basically can jump in and play the stuff that people are viewing as the most fun. You know, I mean, that's, that's. I think that that kind of stuff, or you can get in and screw around. I think the movie theater stuff and the- No so, one knows the movie theaters. By the way, all I've said yeah. is that you can go to the movies with your friends up to 15. I so say all 16 yeah. of you can go to a movie theater and watch movies. Like, are these going to be real? Like, are they gonna, do they have a deal worked out with somebody? Is well, it going to be like, you're going to go sit down and watch Jaws or some shit? No, or you, I highly doubt you it. You say that. It's Rockstar. They have a lot of power. Like, it could you, be. YouTube. It could be YouTube clips of gameplay. It could be something that they, you know, that would be a cool. proprietary channel. But what I think those things are going to serve as is like, yeah, you're like, okay, I'm not really going to go and watch a two-hour movie in a virtual theater with my friends. I might uh, once. They think people are going to go play golf? But but no, but I mean, I think the theater specifically is like, hey, everybody, I'm I'm online now. Hey, let's all meet up at the at the theater and do a heist. And everybody's in the game world doing their own thing. And you yeah. basically all have to mm-hmm. convene somewhere. So you need these these location points where not only do you have some have to have somewhere for people to meet but you have to have something for them to do while they're waiting for everybody else to drive their ass over there or take a cab or whatever. Uh, I see what's interesting. I I mean I, that's my speculation. Um, so I'll give you I'll, I'll leave you guys with the counterpoint before we uh, take a break and head to the final segment. This one comes from Penicillin X57 who says having to manage a persistent character like this kind of sounds like a chore. Preach. Like real life. I don't want to live real life in a game. I just want to hop in, dick around with unlimited access to cool shit. Yeah, that's right. Sounds like you can also do that. Probably so. All right. You can uh, dick around with cool shit while we take a little break. We'll be right back on the other side of this to wrap things up before we head to the first tailgate of the season. of you in the know i uh, know who that guitar player is and i'll just leave that at that all right we're going to uh wrap up a couple of games here real quick that i know you guys would like to talk about first one i'm going to talk about we're going to leave outlast jeff you can, you can close this on okay outlast. great cool. we close on outlast good. suspense fits that game because we need something really strong to come in after lost planet three <laughs> oh, really no. this game. i'm not really oh, down no. so i have i'm i am of such mixed emotion about Lost Planet 3. So Lost Planet 3, by the way, is the third game in the series. Prior two games, the Capcom game obviously had had Eastern development. Now they moved it over to Spark, uh, just over the hill here in the valley. And Spark, I gotta say, from a technical standpoint, Spark has done a fantastic job with this game. Mm-hmm. It is an Unreal Engine game that looks like any of the, you know, current cream of the crop in Unreal Engine games. The character models all look really really nice there's none there's none of that like 
overwrought uh, muscularity. There's none of that like weird animation to it. And the world is is well finished and interesting. And there's a bunch of pieces of this game that come together well, which we'll talk about in a minute that are that are all, you know, well crafted. It is a well crafted game. The question that I will pose out of this is how 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 did we get to a point that was so misguided where and 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 I know I know Inafune had great intentions when he led Capcom to the path of let's approach the West to make our games more palatable palatable to a broader audience. If this is the result, then the result then this is the final exclamation point to we don't need to do that. I would rather have Killer is Dead for all of its mistakes and misgivings and 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 even technical shortcomings than this, which is a very excellently technically executed game that is really coming up short of the premise in its artistic ex- execution. I, I, I looked at uh, I looked at someone the other day and said, you know, I think that I think that you could. By the way, the lead character looks like Nick Sutner to me. I don't know why this is. I don't know if you remember Nick Sutner. One of the lead character looks like Nick Sutner. And I said, you know what? I think I could go down to Urban Outfitters in San Francisco with Nick Sutner and walk out of there with him dressed in a more creative and interesting character design than the character design for the lead stinking character. Hmm. I mean, it's just here's dude. And he's in like some dude gear. This is is a big change because I I reviewed Lost Planet 2, which was horrible. Like, like, I mean, horrible from the sense yeah. that, from a narrative perspective, there missteps everywhere. You were playing different factions and jumping all over the place. This sounds like it well, might be a little bit more focused. Has there ever been a more disparate series of three games than that are under the same title? Well, okay. no, and, yeah, and so, to, so to give point. some perspective, Lost Planet Three is a prequel. It's a, you know, it tells the story of what happened early, way, way before the events of Lost Planet One and Two. And I, and I think that another, another tremendous factor in its missteps are that it and i and i don't know because i don't know anyone at spark and and they're here local i mean actually i'd love to talk to them some about this game but this feels to me very much like a game that was designed by the committee of of what do people want in a game like this and let's try to pull together a bunch of those things like it immediately has senses of dead space and it has senses of dead space in that you play like the character could have been very interesting. You play in this game a a guy who's married, has a kid, and he takes a contract to go work on the planet to make money to keep his family going. Because like, you know, he's got to go take hazard pay. He's going to go off to this far planet and he's going to serve like, you know, some time there and do like some hazard pay working on this mining planet that's just been discovered, like mining some new energy get sources. Get some overtime, you know. Get some overtime, right. And yeah. So so it like and, and he's like granted, he's not a mechanic on a ship, but he's just supposed to be an every guy do- dude, right? But it doesn't really grow beyond that. And at some point in time, he's just like, is he, is he just, you know, the difference is that in, in Dead Space, even though I'm not a huge Dead Space fan, at least through the early games, and I think this changed by three, because I didn't play three, but he, yeah, three, like, was, three was decent. You, he was, you still felt like you were a mechanic and you had like, like oh even, yeah, yeah. Even they, the weapons were like you had like a cutting torches, and you had you know like things that a mechanic would lug yeah, around. Yeah, they did a pretty good job disguising the standard weapon types for engineering tools. Right. right. So they, like yeah. they were still trying to pull you into like that sort of deal, right? In this game, like no, sorry. Like when There's you're a machine gun, <laughs> you're running around with a shotgun and assault rifle and a plasma cannon, and and you and you're also an expert at combat. And I'm like, wait, like 
okay, like, why am I not just a, like a soldier? If, if I'm going to run around and be a soldier, why am I not just a soldier? Why give me the whole, and, and the funny thing is, there are some really close to being on, like, if they had stuck with just the outtake, like the cutscene pieces where, you know, like where he gets vid docs from his wife. You know, like that stuff, it starts to, it starts to actually connect. But the next minute you're like, wait, I'm not a minor. I'm just some crazy paramilitary dude who happens to be also running around in a mining job. Like, yeah, it's a little disconnect between what total you're doing disconnect. and what you're, yeah. So then, then you also have the, you also have the mech piece of the game. And so this is also really cool. So you're on this mining planet and one of the, one of the, uh, like the story elements is that the mechs in the game are not armed. And they're specifically not armed because you're, you know, being controlled by this corporate entity, Nevik, and they don't want to arm you because they're afraid about what might happen if they had you in these giant working mechs and armed. So there's sort of an aliens element to it where now you're this working class person and you're inside these mechs, which are called rigs, and then you're out in the elements and you're fighting you're finding the acrid, which are kind of alien-like in their own self, right? And that's right. kind of cool. And and you're like out in these big things, you're tromping around in your mech, and that's kind of badass. And then you hop out of your mech and you've got a machine gun and you've got all these guns and weaponry. It's like, wait, well, like that's really not actually saving that much for me. It's not doing that much. Like uh, standard equipment for your engineer, you know, standard equipment, like, for, your, yeah, standard equipment for your and... engineer. We cannot arm your mech, but we can give you a machine gun, a plasma rifle, a shotgun, a gun and a knife and yeah. grenades and grenades. Now go mine some stuff. But you're perfectly yeah. How safe. How else are you going to engineer things? Right. Exactly. I mean, what you, I don't By blowing that shit up. Yeah. But you are perfectly safe. <laughs> yeah, but some MacGyver problem, I guess. You just turn your <sighs> shotgun into something useful. So this is why I'm very conflicted by the whole thing is because... You mean you didn't like it like everybody else didn't like it? Shocking. Did everybody else not like I haven't actually read any reviews. I have not met a single person who played that game that was like, this game was awesome. Everyone I talked to didn't like it. And I only played it at preview demos, so I can't judge the final product, but... It's interesting because it Word is, of mouth. It is not very good. it is it is clearly very well made. There are parts when you're tromping around in your mech. So one of the things that they do, and they they started to play with an idea here that could have been really cool, and then they left it and it becomes dumb, is that you are you're you're supposed to be the service guy. So you're out in this mech and the mech has capabilities, for instance, one of them is that you have like a grapple arm and you can reach out and interact with some of like the big structures that have been built to mine the world. And so they introduce this idea of you going out and repairing things. Okay. Except the only thing they ever do with it is that you reach out and you grab something and you turn it. And you reach out and you grab something and you turn it. And sometimes you turn it and it's a well. And sometimes you turn it and it's a piston that opens a door. And sometimes you turn it and it's like a piston that moves some other piece of machinery to open a shutter. It's like, okay, we and get sometimes it. Sometimes you twerk it. We get it. You re- Man, <laughs> exactly. I'm going to go get a job as an engineer. That <laughs> sounds it. like cake. You walk up to things, you press the left trigger, and you rotate the left stick until it turns the deal. Like, that's. Why did you not carry this further? They, the, it could have been very cool and it could have had some cool dynamic tension to be out trying to, in these inverse environments, trying to affect repairs on some of these things that had to be repaired or whatever and facing the inverse situation. But instead, it's just sort of a, 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 a throwaway reminder that, oh, yeah, you know, you're just a repairman, dude. You're, so are you willing to uh, name Lost Planet no, 3 as the no, abomination? No, 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 no. <laughs> No, saw that one coming a mile away, didn't I, you? I, I was like, no, it's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. It's a trap. What about uh, Outlast? I, before you like do that to uh, me. Sorry, I, I thought you were done. I, I'm almost done. It's just, what do you guys think about this whole, I mean, are, 
is this where you could put the nail in the coffin on the idea that games that have been developed by traditionally eastern developers need to be westernized dude i i think it's i think it's i think it's the corporate side getting involved where they shouldn't get involved on both sides where games become something that they're not supposed to be or the they they vary wildly from the artist's uh, creative original creative vision. I, I think I think I mean that, I think the thing is I think the thing here is that I don't get a sense I don't that's the biggest thing is I don't get a sense that someone had a giant creative vision for this game. I get more of a feeling of there were a bunch of pieces that different people. Well, yeah, had. they're like but let's take this IP and make a shooter out of it. It's like the Resident Evil thing that's been happening with the the shooter crap example. where you're like dude Great dude example. this is not this game. You know you're making it something else and it's not that good. So well I I'm not so sure you can hang the baggage of East West. No. origin on this particular title okay. uh, no i don't even uh, not be a, sure be sure like you shouldn't well, hang I, it, you shouldn't hang it on this title I mean, okay i feel like uh it's it's a series that really has an identity crisis anyway that's mm-hmm. i think that i think that is a very fair assessment and it speaks to the fact that capcom did next to no marketing for this game okay a lot what of is marketing but what does marketing uh, have to do with it marketing marketing has a lot to do with it if you believe in your product and you want to push and sell units you have to market it and let your audience know hey we're coming out on this day i don't know and if any of my audience despite the the coverage that i did knew that this game was but coming what does it have to do with whether it's good or not it doesn't have to do with whether it's good, but it has to do with whether you, uh, uh, from my perspective, I I think, and this is, you can say this is totally unfounded if you want to, but. Unfounded. I would, <laughs> I would think that if a company believed in their product, that they would push it. And they would push it as much as they could possibly push it and make as much money on it as they possibly could. And I would think if maybe they were nervous about people not liking it, that maybe they wouldn't spend millions of dollars marketing it. So what about so what about a game like losses. this though? Because I, I'm I'm going to say it again. This is especially in the world of modern Unreal Engine games, this is a game that is very nicely put together. It works very well. There are some very cool things that happen and it looks good. The control well, I, I don't how like the, the shooting. Way. Yeah, how's the, the shooting? shooting is great as long as you don't the pistol is horrible. The pistol is a semi automatic pistol and you and you feel you feel like the trigger on your controller is broken. It's so unresponsive. <laughs> but but other than that, it's good. So the and, mechanics and are sound, the but you just didn't sound. like the narrative. I I didn't like that it never gave me any, it never caught me with any personality. Well, and it never not, caught me with any personality or creative a, sense. It's a prequel, and what is it going to surprise you with, right? It's Nothing. Hitting, it's hitting you with acreage, it's hitting you with a snow planet. All and so I kept, str- I mean, I kept playing along and playing along and playing along and playing along, and several hours into it, when I'm like, okay, we know I'm actually going to finish this game, and that's cool. I got to a spot where it did, to me, one of the cardinal sins of gaming, which is that it had a bad boss fight. And it had the best, it had a bad boss fight that it then did again. And the same exact and, and bad in that it like it showed me something and it's like, here's a situation and here's the way you're gonna fight this boss. And after you beat it, you go through a little bit of, of, of game level and then you do the same situation. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm gonna be I beat it again. Excellent. No, because it is, of course, follows the three times the charm rule. And it got to the third time, I'm like, you know what? I'm actually not gonna do this again. I'm not gonna stand here in this yeah. Anyway. Just, I won't. I, so, are you? Are you? Have you hit that wall where you're like, okay, I've experienced Lost Planet three. I'm well, here's done. the thing: is that I just, I'm, I'm not interested enough to even care to go back and finish it. Yeah, totally valid. Yeah. I hate when that happens, though. Yeah. Anyway, I'll leave you guys to think what you think about. Andrea is drawing Pac-Man under Outlast. I don't think those are really related. <laughs> you liked Outlast, know. though, Jeff. Yeah. Not really. I, well, okay. It came out a. Day or two ago, September fourth. Fourth, okay. 
just just installed it and played some of it before I came here. It is if you're if you're an amnesia fan, there's no reason why you should not go out and buy I this. I think game I am. Right I just up, can't remember right away. Now now amnesia machine for pigs comes out like really soon too. So so this is this is sort of the holy crap! It's awesome. There are a lot of really cool virtual first person haunted houses to play around with now. Um, <clears throat> Outlast is. Uh, I mean, the, the setup is is your basic horror movie setup. You know, you've got a, a creepy asylum. You're a journalist. Uh, it's all played from the first person perspective, and your only uh, device that you have is a camera, like a camcorder. So you can record stuff, and if you record certain things in the environment, it'll give you notes about it and sort of unravel the mystery. You're sort of tipped off that something nefarious has been going on at this asylum, and uh, you get there and you get inside, and pretty soon after that, you realize that you probably shouldn't have come there in the first place. Um, it is a uh, first-person escape game, sort of like Amnesia. So there's no weapons. Uh, you're really, you know, searching how to how, through through the asylum, trying to figure out to get how to get to the next area without getting killed by the various denizens that are, you know, hell bent on your destruction. It is some some of the best sort of jump scares, but also like cat and mouse pursuit stuff that I've seen in a, in a very long time. And it looks phenomenal. It's a better looking game, I think, than the original Amnesia. I screamed um, out loud in the Sony booth at E3 when I played this game. Ah! Like literally, like screamed. Ah! It's like that. Yes, exactly. Ah! So if that, that was not me doing that, if those sort of if those sort of games like yeah, if those if those sort of if they push your buttons, like if you like that really intense, oppressive, like holy shit, I'm scared to death. Who doesn't of, like that? Well. Well, it's cool. It's got it's this mechanic really that kind good. of makes you panic a, a little bit, where you hold the camera up. So you, so they after I saw it at E three, they added a mechanic where you can actually put the camera down because before you had to watch everything through the camera, and now you don't have to yeah. because watching it through the camera limits your field of view. So you can choose to record certain moments, but you can choose to also walk through the world without the camera on. But when you have the camera up, you can turn night vision on, yeah. but you have batteries, of course, for your camera. So. You can only use them in certain areas, and it's very strategic about where you want to use the night vision and where you don't. And it's for me, I wanted to walk through the whole world with the night vision on because it's fucking scary as shit. But like, you run out of yeah, batteries. night vision makes it way less scary. It's the freaking green demon that's coming after you. <laughs> well, it's like it's like the difference between. I mean, some of these areas are like near pitch black. And you're yeah. the only way you're going to be able to figure it's out where the next like navigation. Is. <laughs> no, it's it's. I'm with it's you, Jeff. Scary. Okay. It's I'm, super, with, super I'm with Jeff scary. on this. I, I will say, if you Kanata, that is, I, I fully appreciate that this type of game is not for everyone. There are some hysterical uh, videos, things that your walk, body does. No, no walkthroughs <laughs> that people have started putting up and stuff. Oh yeah, that are just like yeah, it's, like the old Doom. Three videos and the old. Uh, it's it, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it, it is it is very it is it is one of it's the most the legitimately frightening video game experiences that exists out there. That's if cool. you're into that sort of stuff, I can't recommend it highly enough. And um, I just want to say, I I spoke with um, the creative director at length when I was at PAX, and he said that one of the things that I mentioned was I was like when I got the review code in the review code, it was like. You know, we want everyone to know that these are very mature themes. There's uh, graphic violence, explicit sexual themes and things like that. 
enjoy and i said so how <laughs> enjoy i know I, I, I so i asked him i go what does that mean exactly i go how far is the line like how dark is too dark you know where do you where do you say right. we're not going to put this in our game because when you think about the horror movie landscape there's some really dark fucking shit in horror <laughs> movies that's out there, there right there's now. no line um and they had to edit their PAX demo because they weren't allowed to show certain things in the game because they weren't suitable to show on the show floor at PAX. There, there is some stuff in here. I mean, and this isn't, this isn't necessarily one of the most dis- like gory, scary examples, but it'll give you an idea where, so you're in a mental asylum and you eventually end up in a place where there are guys that will attack you. There are guys that are just like insane and are like bashing their head up against a wall or like wandering aimlessly around the halls and they won't fuck with you. But the, the, the the sheer the sheer amount of intensity that you get from from having somebody burst through a wall or or these these huge dudes that are ch- basically chasing you through the levels are it's absolutely insane. It's, Jeff, it's Jeff terrifying, is, is it's, what he's trying it's, to say. It's it, terrifying. He's, he's nearly giddy, folks. It, so if you like this sort of game, Outland sounds like Outlast. 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 But, Sorry, but, yes, out, but, it's okay. But yes, def- definitely, definitely check this thing out. It is. Uh, and and like I, I played it right before I came in here. He said, "Make actually, sure you have an extra pair actually, of underwear." It actually took me a minute. Break to out like, your depends to like <laughs> chill out. It's 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 terrifying. It does everything that it's supposed to do. I mean, it's not without minor problems. I mean, I would I guess you by the 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 more I'm getting into it, the more you can sort of sense that there might be you know some ways to handle the enemy AI that that you know you can sort of and it makes it a little less scary. But even then, there are moments throughout that are like. Wow, I haven't seen that before. Holy shit, that scared me. I have to put this on pause for a minute. And but. it has controller support on Steam, right? Yes. I would yes. recommend if you're not like really, really comfortable with keyboard and mouse to use controller because I originally played it with controller at the PlayStation 4 booth um, at E3 and on Steam, like I find it really difficult in those chase sequences where you have to like run for your life to use oh, mouse and keyboard. Coming, and, and they coming have- to PS4? I asked him that and he wouldn't give me a straight answer. They have an awesome mechanic in there too. This will give you an idea where you're running. You can hit a cot key and you'll, as you're running, you'll like look behind you. And so you can see when guys oh, are cool. changed. So it's like this sort of the rear view mirror. Yeah. Right. Without having to spin the mouse around and stop and all that sort of stuff. Oh, it's really, cool. really cool. Anyway. All right, folks. Uh, it is the beginning of the NFL season. Woo-hoo! So uh, we haven't got the time. We haven't got the timing exactly right. So here's what we do. We're going to shoe finishing moves this week. In in lieu of, did you want to do a finishing move? I have a finishing move. Uh, fine, we will do quick finishing moves for quick those ones, who wish yes. to participate. <laughs> finishing moves. Dun dun dun. Yes, shall I go first? You're sure. looking at me. Go ahead. Um, so because I don't know if I'm going to be on the show again before it happens, I want to say that Escapist Expo is October 4th through the 6th. It's the first weekend of October in Durham, North Carolina, where the Escapist is based. It's going to be really fun if you guys are in the region and you want to come. Tickets are super cheap. Um, we, I would love to see you there. We have a D20 cosplay contest. We have a wizard sanctioned magic tournament. The WCG USA finals are there. Red Bull has a next gen free play area. There's going to be tabletop gaming tournaments. There's going to be artist alley. There's going to be all kinds of awesome panels. All these keep us personalities, including Yahtzee, Jim Sterling and uh, movie Bob, Loading ready run myself, Lisa foils. We're all going to be there. It's going to be really awesome. If you guys want to come, uh, you can go to escapistexpo.com and learn all about it. When and where again? 
October 4th through the 6th in Durham, North Carolina. And the hotels are really cheap there. Flights are generally pretty cheap. Um, and I will say, uh, even though as much as I love PAX, we were bigger than PAX in their first year. So if you love PAX, you'll love Escapist Expo. All right, there you go. Jeff, did you have one as well? Yeah, um, one of the things I bring up a lot on the show is uh, trying to get geeks and sneaks. And uh, the fact that I think that um, people can do a lot of uh, physical stuff, even even geeks that play video games, I always try to encourage people to um, get out and be active. Uh, if you're listening to this on Saturday, think of me. I'm doing my very first triathlon in Malibu on Saturday. Super thank you. Rock it, brother. Very Rock much. It. But I want to say, people always say, oh my God, I could never do that. I could never do that. I could never do that. I thought so too. I say this all the time to but, you. Uh, one of them, a teacher once told me something that I found to be profound, and she said, "What one man can do, another can do." And I I watched Diana Nyad this week swim from Florida to Cuba, unbelievable, four hours, that, I believe. I think that might be a David Mamet line from The uh. Edge. Um, it could be. I think it is. It could be. Anyway, uh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, it's a great line. Uh, you're right. It from the edge, right? Yeah, With yeah, the yeah. Alec Baldwin. And, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, well, um, yeah. and it's true. It's true. Uh, I am certainly not somebody that thought I could ever do it, and it just takes deciding. And uh, I think we can get more geeks and sneaks, and it, it, all it takes is baby steps. Uh, start be, being active and get out there, and and if. I had a buddy that inspired me. If I can inspire other people to to try to do something that you didn't think you can do, I swear to God, there's no better feeling in the world than doing something you didn't think you could do. So, you can. Good stuff, Jeff. Do you own? I'm I'm punching out. No, I'm I'm good. All right, so we will punch out here, but stick around, folks. It's the beginning of the NFL season. We have the tailgate coming up after the end of the show. You won't want to miss it. We have a fantasy football update. Oh, yeah. And we have the beginning of the season of the Pick'em League. So if you think if you think the leave on league on FXXX is good, you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, yeah. Because I am not... I am not, repeat, not keeping the Sacco this year. No, I am giving that sucker up. Someone else is taking that motherfucker home at the end of this season. It's on. It is on. We're taking down David Maybe this year. You're taking down David Maybe. He's the man to beat. Mm-hmm. He has been challenged. You know what? He's getting married, too, so he's going to have to remember to make his picks while he's off getting married. Yeah, he's like... He he's might not, be a little he's distracted. Saying, he's, he's, he's intentionally not looking up. Now he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not going to pay attention. All right, folks. That is your Weekend Confirmed. Thanks very much. We will be back next week. Until then, we are ghost. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash weekendconfirmed. All right, folks, it is about time. We are about to bust out of here and check out the Ravens and the Broncos tonight. NFL National Kickoff Night. I'm so freaking excited. So freaking excited. Ready to get it going. And by the way, we got to start off here. Big thanks to JP the Prodigy who bailed my ass out of water 
and got the uh, got the weekend confirmed official league set up. We got two of them. I'm gonna, two of them. I'm going to give you. Uh, I'm going to give you my teams. And Jeff, you know what? If you want to, uh, if you want to give yours, you can. Yeah. Or I can look them up for you. Like Jeff is still like Jeff's still working to get his looked up. I have the. Uh, the I'm so sad I couldn't partake, but I was at PAX when the drafts happened. But hopefully, you guys have lots of fun and. It's all right, but you got, you got you're going to be with us on the Pickums, which we yeah, got the, we got the Pickums coming up. So what? I'm just going to tell you real quick. Here's what I'm starting this weekend. In one of the leagues, I'm starting uh, Russell Wilson at quarterback. I kind of like that pick. I like the Russell Wilson pick. I think it's, I think that's going to be a big good pick. I couldn't. I was in waiting all good on conscious have him on my team. Oh come on, you're such a 49ers <laughs> homer. So I, I did wait on quarterbacks in both leagues. So did I. I've got uh, I got Marquez Colston and Victor Cruz at wide out in this uh, in this league. Uh, I gotta I gotta love you know. Is there anybody like I had Wilson as one B for running backs this year? I don't know. Well, you, you were pretty high on him too, right? Yeah. So I got Wilson and I got CJ Spiller, who like we're gonna see this, this is the season. CJ Spiller hype was up there last year, but this is the season. We're gonna see if the CJ Spiller hype pays off or not. I got uh Cameron at at uh tight end, and then I'm taking a risk in this league. I, I'm not really sold on Jordy Nelson as much as some people are, mm-hmm. but I have Jordy Nelson in my flex spot here. So that's that's who I'm starting. In, uh, I, I got in to in that leagues. in that that's the first league, right? That's, that is the first uh, league. The leagues that's, are fun. Have fun names. I can't remember what the first one. Oh uh, no, actually, that's the that's the second one. That's that is that's the that's my team. There is the abominable snowman. <laughs> right. Okay. So I um that's a different league than I looked up just now. Uh, anyway, so the other league I've got I've got RG three as my quarterback in both leagues. Call me crazy. I think he's probably going to get injured this year, but I went with him late. Uh, this is the second league. This is the uh, the or the first league. This is uh, two ends one team. Um, I have uh, Pierre Garcon. I have uh, Maurice Strange Drew. Amendola is my other wide receiver. Um, Doug Martin. I drafted Doug Martin in both leagues. Like I said, I Doug Doug Martin. No, you couldn't have done Doug Martin in both leagues because I got him in the other league. No, I have him in both leagues. No, I've got him in the other league. I promise you, he's on both of my teams. Error, error. Uh, Jimmy Graham, I picked up uh, as I think was my second or third. Hold pick. on, I'm going back. Oh, never mind. Yeah, I, I have him in I both have, leagues. I have Wilson. Yeah, from the Giants. Uh, who, who, by the way, thanks to going out, it's going to like at least at least my my goal line hawking is not going to happen. And then uh, Golden Tate, I actually picked up uh, despite not wanting any Seattle Seahawks on my team. Um, it's the problem when you have seven teams. I have seven teams this season. It's a mess. <laughs> and then my other team is more fun than good. Uh, that's with the Abominable Snow- Snowman League. Uh, I think the the uh, the three uh, divisions are Game Flap, Hearthstone, and Super Mega Worm. Uh, nice. I league. like those. Yeah. Uh, RG3, uh, Hakeem Nix. I, I got Fitzgerald as my other wide receiver. You know, I'm big on Fitzgerald this yeah. year. I think with, Par- I, with, with, Parmel, with Palmer throwing to him, that could be a good solution. And then Doug Martin. And uh, I, I went with uh, Jackson uh, on Atlanta. I think so wait, he's what gonna... pick did you have? Because you got Doug Martin, Tampa Bay, both places? Yeah. What, so you were, what pick? I was he... pick three in one league and pick two? two in the other league. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, I, I worked out well. Uh, and um, I have my backup quarterbacks... Uh, from RG3 because I think he's going down. I ha- in the first league I have um, um, uh, what's McCollum? Um, <laughs> just Eli Manning, and the, this league I have uh, Flacco. Yeah, you know I don't do anything with Eli. Those are two quarterbacks in fantasy that I don't touch. Well, I think that you know, they might have to. I might have to play them a, certain, a few weeks. You yeah, know, you know what? From- Actually, so Yahoo was down on me. I follow the doctrine pretty hardcore through this fantasy draft season of not drafting backup quarterbacks at all yeah interesting i'm, I'm rolling the dice and there are that. enough guys on the waiver that you can just pick up 
quarterback yeah. quarterback to me looked like it's the such difference a deep, between so one deep. the difference between one and 12 or 13 or 14 was not that great i said okay you know i'm gonna take my starter and my starter is gonna play oh and i got vernon davis um, and this league more fun than good i'm oh, very nice. excited about vd um i got most of my points last year not for my qbs but from my receivers and from my yeah, tight yeah ends, that's, that's why yeah. that's why i put quarterback the down the rank for me yeah yeah mm-hmm. and jeff don't ever say you're excited about vd I can't. I'm so glad I got. I'm so glad I got VD. Are you guys not excited that I got VD? Well, I'm not. I'm you're obviously thinking of a different VD. VD than I. I'm glad you're getting married since you got VD. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, uh, but I, I am very proud that in the the first draft, two ends one team, I was named by Yahoo uh, as the t- Toyota standout drafter or whatever the fuck. Yeah, that that's going to get you a lot. Yeah. Gonna well, it's lot. an early victory for me. I feel. By the way, I have Vernon Davis in my other league. It's still other, week one. Market. Anyone can win. So it, we, I, we all three got VD. I, I waited a long time on quarterback in this other <laughs> oh, league. You can just have VD together. I better get out of here. We probably were just, you know, <laughs> you hanging, out, let's hit the road. hanging out too close to each other. Yeah. All right. So I think people, I think people were pretty, uh, were pretty, it, when you drafted these weekend confirm groups, especially people like hopped on quarterback. So I waited a long time. I wanted up with Mike, I wanted a Michael Vick for my quarterback in the other league. Not a bad, That's not a bad at all. I think my, I think Mike Vick, with Chip Kelly's offense is going to be huge. Yeah, I think he if has he can stay healthy. Oh, he'll stay healthy. He look, he slid in the playoffs. I mean, in the in the preseason, he slid. He actually slid. He yeah. took a thing. Yeah, he that, slid. Do- that dog might hunt. Uh, whoa. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. <laughs> for, for him to be playing. <laughs> but I also have uh, I have Megatron. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have Megatron. <laughs> that will be, be huge. So Megatron, that's going to be awesome. Uh, I have Mike Wallace as my other re- wide receiver there. I mean, we'll see if Miami can throw the ball at all. I have Demarco Murray, you know, mm-hmm. Cowboy. Yeah, I got my Cowboy. That's I got CJ two K. Mm. I've got Vernon Davis in that league. I'm not yeah. going to. Well, the real question is: Did either of you pick up AP? Uh, well, so no, none I of us had, one, had the first pick. I had one league that I drafted first in, and it, like it was no brainer. I was like, "Yes, I'll take Adrian Peterson. Thanks. Move along." Yeah. So yes, I have uh, Adrian Peterson. League. All right, so let's pick our teams for so, the. Thanks, for, JP, the prodigy. Good job sending it up, yeah. and we will keep you abreast of developments. Game, it's going to be interesting. Game, summaries. game summaries coming. All right, here's the pick 'em games for this week. If you want to play along at home, we're going to pick Green Bay plus five and a half at San Francisco. We're going to pick the New York Giants plus three and a half at the Dallas Cowboys in the Sunday night play. Yeah, big. Uh, well, I almost said playoff, but big Sunday night. I mean, yeah. So we got Garnet National team, game, my team. My team. Yeah, your team. And then we're going to take another big NFC matchup. Philadelphia plus four and a half at Washington on Monday night. All right. So we will start this off with last year's champion, Mr. Dave, maybe. He's taking he's the taking points. He's taking the oh, points. Really? And also the stabbing so in the back. He's taking Green Bay <laughs> plus five bonus. and a half at San Francisco. Now, his arch nemesis, Mr. Kanata. Yeah, you know what I'm picking. Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need... I'll, I'll give I'll give the points. You'll give the points. I'll give the points gladly. You'll give the yeah. points gladly. All Did right. you see how good Kaepernick looked in the preseason, oh, dude? The preseason, amazing. So pre- preseason is so good. Preseason... <laughs> So meaningful. How much? What happens in the anyway? It's their year. Andrea, I'm, I'm taking the Niners too. Also yeah. taking the Niners. Niners she has Niners. good taste. Taking well, they're the gonna Niners. Win, Jeff's a Niner fan, and I hate fucking Green Bay. Can we just say that? Team, well, you shouldn't fuck them. Team, <laughs> and they're not, and they're not the Tundra. So. I wasn't planning. Team yeah. Atlantis. Yeah. Uh, Ozzy is taking. Oh, Ozzy's gonna play too. Ozzy's taking me, the Packers. Ozzie. Ozzie, you're dead to me. And Mike, Mike is taking the Niners. Niners, come on, like Green Bay. I like. You know what's going to be funny is I think that 
it's going to be funny to see how people react to Eddie Lacy's performance because everyone's been high on Eddie Lacy, Green Bay running back, coming yep. coming out of preseason. And the very first game of the season, he has to go against the San Francisco defense. He has to go against the 49ers defense at home. Booyah. That, that, like, don't don't give up on Lacy after the first game. What of the we season. didn't give up a rushing touchdown until week eleven last year. I mean, look, they're going to throw like. Green Bay knows Rodgers is going to have <laughs> to like throw the ball over the place. Like, yeah. Although I'll say this, I think it's going to be closer than you think it's going to be, but I think it's still going to be more than five. I think it'll be more than more than five. And a half. I think it'll be more than six. Oh, you yeah, know what? Actually, touchdown. Yeah. don't be changing your pick. All right, I'll stick with the Niners. I'll stick with the Niners. All right, don't be stupid. Stick with the Niners. Next, we have the Giants. <laughs> I put, Giants. I got Garnet's juju on me. Giants plus three and a half at the Cowboys. You know I'm going to take my Cowboys. Well, I'll, well, I'll give you an argument for why I'm taking my Cowboys. I'm taking my Cowboys because I don't think that the Giants right now, even though the Cowboys line has been down a little bit, I don't think that the Cowboy, I don't think the Giants defensive front four can apply pressure just with their front four. So they're going to have to blitz. I think if they have to blitz, then that really opens up things a lot because Austin, for the first time in like two seasons, has no problems whatsoever. Des Bryant looks like a freaking beast. You've still got Witten and DeMarco Murray is perfectly fine right now. So with all of those weapons mm-hmm. i think that the cowboys are able to score more than three and a half they just more, needed some defense that's very giants. optimistic but i think they're gonna choke so i'm taking the giants all right so she's taking the giants i got the cowboys canada i'm gonna take the giants as well also to, excellent um, and i'm also, <laughs> also taking giants yeah. jeff matt is also taking the giants and in the booth we have ozzy ozzy is taking the cowboys and micah also taking the cowboys what? and dave maybe he, he's he's like, do? I don't know. I don't, do? I, who am I going to take? He's taking the Cowboys as well. So, wow, a Cowboys four to like this is very tight. So it's column. Yeah. And then finally, Monday night football. You've got Chip Kelly's offense. First time up tempo. They're running tons of plays. Philadelphia Eagles plus four and a half at the Washington Redskins. RG3. RG3 says he's fine. Yeah. Pierre Garçon says he's fine. Fred Davis says he's fine. Everybody on the Redskins Everybody's says they're like, fine. fine. So that's why I picked the Redskins. All right. Really? You're taking the Redskins. You're yep. taking the Redskins. And You're taking all points. three favorites, huh? Yep. I got I to gotta pick, pick a home dog at some point. There's going to be There's one. There's no home dogs. I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. You gotta, you gotta I got to pick a road dog. Gotta, what's what's this one? Four, pick and a half, a, yeah. four and a half? Four and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half to so the I Eagles. Mean, like, I need RG3 to have a big day in both my leagues. <laughs> but I really think, I really think uh, it's well, going to be let, a close game. Let's let maybe pick. Okay. Dave, who are you taking? Dave is taking Philly plus the points. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to do as well. So you're taking Philly plus the points? Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. Philly plus the points also for Kanata. Mattis? You know, I'm going to go with the skins at home. Skins I, at home by more than four and a half. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I if they're saying they're they're good, you know, that's a home game. They're opening game. Everybody's gonna be jazzed. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Oh, <laughs> oh. Well, yes, yeah. that's true. Uh, Micah, what do you think? <laughs> Redskins for Micah, Ozzy. Eagles for Ozzy, and I'm gonna go. Let's see. I have Dallas at home. You know what? I'm going to go with the Eagles mm. on the road. I think I think Eagles. there's actually I think there's actually a chance the Eagles could win this outright. Mm. I think they could win it outright. Boy, that would be a shock to the system in Washington. McCoy Dominoes would fall. Mike Shanahan would start benching people. First first weekend of the season, Monday night, tensions will be high. And they could come out like like that offense could be silly. I think that's very optimistic. I think you're very optimistic. I am I optimistic. This whole <laughs> room is out of order. We're right all optimistic. Out of order. What? All right. 
There you go, folks. NFL season ready to kick off. I'm so excited. Hope you're all excited. We will be back uh, every week for the next uh, 17 weeks, plus then into the uh, playoffs and the and Super eventually Bowl. when the 49ers win the Super Bowl. That yeah, is exactly. You know what so. this means? I'm just going to throw this out there. But yes. We can confirm it's going to have its 200th episode right around Super Bowl. Oh, really? Just Holy saying. Sh- oh, really? Do the math, people. Did you? You did the math. I did the math. Math. <laughs> well, Do this is maths. episode one eighty one. So, yes. if someone would like to invite us to go to the Super Bowl, the two hundred two, we'd be glad to accept uh, every last one of us. Right so I don't know. It's going to be fucking weeks, cold at that Super Bowl. I don't know. Nineteen weeks. Go. Yeah, outdoors. We will hit episode two hundred. Wow. Which is very I'd close to go. Super Bowl. Thanks very I'd much to everybody yeah, hosting, still but uh, with yeah, a parka. Exactly. We just say how awesome that is that we're so close to two hundred episodes. All right, let's go watch football. Yeah, football. Happy birthday, Gordon! Happy birthday, Gordon! All right, everybody, bye.